Glitch-Free Gaming. Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch-Free Gaming. It's episode number 165. Hooray! Hey! Again, I just 165, that's it. Thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs> oh, what we could do, we could change things up. We could, we could. Cool. I was it's a nice round number to change things up on. I think so, yes. Um... And and also we're lazy shits and it's taken us 165 episodes to decide to decide to change things a little bit. Yeah, we changed things relatively recently and then we yeah. stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, we went, we went back to what we normally do. Yeah. So we're going to try something a little different um, this week and for the rest of the episodes that we do as well, um, just because just for fun and games. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll tell you what's coming up in the podcast, what games uh, we're going to talk about, and then we'll talk about them. So uh, coming up in this episode, I sound like a fucking VJ coming up in this episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be talking about uh, quite a few video games. So we're going to be talking about Mafia 3. Uh, we're going to be talking about Hitman, Stellaris, Reigns, Adventure Capitalist, Forza Horizon 3. Uh, we're going to have a couple of words about the Steep Beta and uh, a game called Eight Worlds Apart. Uh, we also played some board games. We'll talk about them after we've um, done everything with video games. So we'll try and keep everything together. So if you just want the video games, you can listen to the video games. And if you want, you can listen to the board game bit. And I think Paul's actually going to do something very clever where he timestamps the podcast. Or he's going to try anyway. We're going to try and timestamp the podcast so you can get the core content that you want from it without having to listen to us blab about stuff you don't care about <laughs> cool um, so we're going to talk about some board games as well uh, we're going to talk about Troll The Perfumer Joking Hazard Innis Stating Clues and Sea of Clouds cool. so sound good? sounds fantastic sounds good to me excellent how, how was everyone's week anyway? tiring busy <laughs> busy busy Real life uh, catching up. I know, I know. It's just that there hasn't been much. Although we've got a lot to talk about in the list, I think it's more, you know, we, we've had little diving into the games and things like that. Um, but one of the things that I never got into and I was wanting to play was the Steep Beater. Uh, Paul, how did you get on with that? I absolutely loved it. Now, I it took me a while to download it because my internet's terrible, as everyone who listens to this podcast knows. But... <laughs> Um, it's Just a twenty. A wiring. Yeah, it's um, it's about twenty-four gig beta. But you're thinking that's that sounds hell of a big. It is a hell of a big beta. There is a lot more content in there than I was anticipating. Uh, I got like one solid night this week to just plow into gaming. Uh, and I spent it all playing Steep. I did. I initially played it on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Um, and I, I wasn't too sure I'm going the tricks they for the, the snowboards and the skis they, they don't feel fluid they don't feel natural mm-hmm. uh, that actually was more to do with me than it was to do with the game I wasn't used to the mechanics yet it does take a little bit of getting used to uh, jumping and timing it correctly to when you go over a, a jump is absolutely vital uh, so you hold down right trigger uh, as you're going up a jump and just as you reach the pinnacle of the jump before you like take air 
you need to let go of that trigger and you need to time it really well. Okay, so that, actually, sorry, is that a little bit like in when you used to play the um, SSX games where you used to wind up for the jump using the X button? Yes, and if you didn't time it correctly, it basically wrecked what you were trying to do. Yes. Yeah. That, oh, okay. That was my major problem. So if we, if you let go of this trigger at the exact time, you're going to get the air you need. Uh-huh. Now, the trick system is entirely almost uh, like a one-stick system. Ah, right. It's okay. entirely mostly done with you the left thumbstick. But you can add... Uh, some of the shoulder buttons in like L2 and L1 to do modifiers and tweak stuff Um, so I've now got it down to the point where I can do like a triple rotation backflip or a a board grab or a ski grab and like do a twirl in the air and some of the times they're really really impressive tricks so like I did a triple corkscrew backflip and then on my next jump I got a bit more air and did a grab where I did four rotations if you execute the simpler tricks more accurately and land correctly, you're going to get more points than if you try to pull off the big skill tricks and land sketchily. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, it does make sense. To me, it was like, hey, I landed that. And it took me a long time, uh, a lot of playing on Saturday night, to realize, oh, hey, if I execute these properly uh, and make them look the best they can look and it's actually going to work the same way like scoring would work if I was in a real competition Yeah, it's actually better off <laughs> um, now the beta from what I've played and from what I've read online because I, I thought damn how big is this and I actually went hunting to see how big it was you actually get three of the I think it's there's eventually ten peaks of the Alps available in the full game alright you get three of these peaks including pretty much all of the uh, they're called mountain stories that these peaks have to offer uh, so mountain stories are you've got a, a guy filming you and you're hitting all of the like key spots on on that mountain from a set of different runs for this uh, the video that he's filming to put on YouTube and it's really like there's talk of the guys putting it on YouTube and editors and there's a lot of like proper sponsorship in there so it's related to Red Bull and GoPro and snowboard and ski manufacturers uh, all sponsor the competitions that you're riding in if none of the competitions interest you which you're going to need to play them to unlock further to further progress the story and unlock the next peak uh, but you can just free ride mm-hmm. uh, you can teleport to the top of the mountain and you can just cut your own line down the mountain uh, and if you decide that hey that was a really good line like I sped down the mountain really quickly or hey I got a hell of a good run there did tricks and stuff even though there isn't like a it's a set trick area and with a high score the game is always online um, the people that you see on the mountain are actually people who have played it at the same time you can then go back to the main map. Your last run will be highlighted down whatever mountain it was. 
you can select that, select the start point and end point, and then set a challenge on that run for anyone else that's playing the game to access. Right, okay. I was having a lot of fun just going, oh, hey, um, this area here, you're not, you're not supposed to snowboard down it. It's a sheer cliff face. <laughs> um, cool, I'm going to drop myself there and uh, see how well I can go down the mountain and how quick I can do it and then putting challenges in for other people. <laughs> That's pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah. So, there's four disciplines. Uh, there's the skiing, so you can you can ski anywhere there's snow. There's snowboarding, much the same anywhere there's snow. Snowboard. There's wing suiting, so you can. Those sheer cliff faces are actually meant for the the wing suit. Uh, you jump off the mountain and you wing suit to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's wing suit races. Who can get down the fastest? There's a wingsuit discipline with uh, who can travel the closest to the ground and earn points without, you know, face planting and killing themselves. It's got, uh, and it's a, got a bit of that kind of like skate three, you know, physicsy stuff where it's just like, oh, I just fell over and then I just rolled about a bunch and just fucking it's brutal looking. <laughs> and it's painful. Yeah, there's there there's a lot of. Um, ouch, I just killed myself, and if that was real life, I would be dead. Oh, wait, I got him back up. Oh, wait, I'm jumping on my snow... I'm now jumping on my snowboard again and going again. Um, to it. The the game is just... It's really, really pretty. There's a lot, and I mean a lot, to the beta. Um, unfortunately, by the time this goes out, the, the open beta will probably be over. Yeah, but if you did have a chance to access it, then I'd love to know other people's thoughts on it. There's a a lot to do in it. There's a lot of free riding. There's a lot of go explore the mountain and see what you can find. There's hot air balloons that you can get into, um, and then use your binoculars to find points on the mountain that you'd like to run runs from. And the game is literally just about find as many good lines as you can get for whatever you want to do be it wingsuit, be it ski, be it snowboards mm-hmm. as well as obviously there's the challenges and you know you're meant to be this newbie that everyone says has you know got some talent kind of you know your average thing you get and stuff like this and Forza Horizon 3 like you're the new guy on the block and you try to prove yourself that's yeah. the basic storyline. So, and the better you become, the more challenging peaks you unlock. So you're, you know, unlocking this next mountain range within the Alps. It's just a really good game. If you like snowboarding games of any kind, I'm not a fan of the wingsuit stuff. I'm going to be honest. You have to do some of it, or I at least had to in the VR to be able to unlock the next section and level yeah. up. Yeah, the wingsuit mm-hmm. stuff didn't seem super interesting. Like, I played a little bit of it, and it's... Nah. The wingsuit it's... stuff just seemed like, hey, it's there. It plays kind of like wingsuits do in every other game, but in every other game, yeah. it's a traversal mechanic to get you somewhere else. Instead, yeah. you're just kind of wingsuiting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the fourth discipline is parachuting, and there are a couple of challenges where you need to, like, 
use parachute skills to like climb the mountain or get to certain sections of the mountain that are inaccessible otherwise I feel like for both of those things for parachuting and for wingsuits if I wanted a game that did those things fun I'd probably pilot wings. Cause. Or yeah, or yeah, pilot wings, you know, something arcadey. Because that's the thing I found about Steep is it's not as arcadey as I hoped it would be. No, like it's, it's, it's still not. pretty arcadey, but it's got it takes itself a bit more seriously. That's mm-hmm. what put me off in the initial uh the initial playthrough. Um and then when I went back to it and I sent seen how deep the uh the beta went, I thought, okay, I'm gonna sink some time into this and see where it goes. The wingsuit stuff I ignored. I'll be honest. I absolutely ignored the parachute stuff. Hundred percent ignored. Didn't even bother. <laughs> Just didn't interest me. The jumping on a snowboard. I actually, I lie. I used the wingsuits to get to some inaccessible spots. Otherwise, jumping out of hot air balloons, wingsuit to where I wanted to go, and then. But once once you've done that and you've marked that spot, you can then always access that spot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, just like a first time kind of get to it thing. Yeah. The snowboarding and the skiing are really, really good. They're they're well done, and if you enjoy downhill downhill snowboarding, uh, downhill skiing games, I don't think there's ever really been a downhill skiing game, but. Uh, SSX three had both disciplines in it. The skis are equally as fun as the snowboard. I find it. I found myself. I find it. I found myself using the, uh, the snowboard way more often, mainly because that's more what interests me. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything you can use a snowboard for, you can use skis for. So. Yeah, uh, I've still I I've still got the game pre-ordered. So and I haven't played the. I haven't had a chance to get. I never got into the beta. So I'll try and download the open beta this weekend and have a go at it. But for everything I've seen, and even what you're saying there, Paul, the, the negatives it can bring, it's not putting me off the game. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but saying that, I I loved SSX, and I loved the... So I'm just looking for the next one at that. And if it's half as good as SSX, I think, you know, from what I've seen, it is. And it's it's not got as much arcade so you can't pull off, you know, the mad combos and the really, no, no. really yeah. stupid tricks. But it has got that element of reality to it as well so i i think i'm probably going to enjoy it yeah um so i i actually went looking and digging to pre-order it myself uh the beta convinced me it all right it, it did its job it convinced me i want the game i really enjoyed it and i think i'll thoroughly enjoy the full thing uh so i had a look and i seen there was two versions there's the gold version which comes with the season pass and i went oh what the wonder what's going to be in the season pass so they've already announced that there's going to be three packs you get with the season pass one of them is the winter fest pack which is going to introduce winter sleds that sounds pretty good as a, dis- as a discipline it's real dumb uh, and it also oh yeah so something I didn't mention is you can completely customise your character by boards by costumes by everything down to hats coloured goggles Boots, socks, literally every form of customization. Change your parachute, change your snowboard, change your skis. You can stick a GoPro on your helmet if you want. It all costs uh, like the in-game, 
you know, currency coin things, but you earn that from doing challenges down the mountain anyway. Mm-hmm. So, as part of this winter fest pack, they, it adds exclusive costumes. Um, I'm currently saving up if, in the beta this weekend to buy the giraffe costume, which gives you a super long neck that hits off trees and stuff. It looks hilarious. That sounds uh, ineffective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just it's some of the stuff really funny that you can buy. Um, also, you unlock stickers that you can put all over your snowboard or your backpack or whatever. Um, yeah, and the, it's how much more? Uh, the go- the gold edition's coming in at sixty three quid. Yeah, it's an extra uh, twenty four quid or twenty five quid for the. Yeah, you're getting three. You're getting three expansions with it though, or extras. So. Winterfest pack introduces sleds and some costumes and some new challenges for the sled. The extreme pack is adding three new exhilarating sports: rocket wings. So I'm guessing that's the wingsuit. Yeah, but with rockets. Uh, base jumping. All right, okay. And speed gliding, which I'm guessing is also a wingsuit thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah but yeah, it's all just different genres to do with the the wingsuit and the parachutes yeah and then the adrenaline pack which is the last one includes it includes the moonlight pack no idea what that is oh it actually feature sorry reading this it features three unique nighttime challenges and equipment packs for players to show off their style in the dark um so that's basically just clothing <laughs> so I, I don't know if i'm gonna say that's worth it no. The Winterfest pack interests me because yeah. it's a sled, but an extra twenty-four to twenty-five quid, I wouldn't say so. No, it doesn't seem. But I don't know. I've I've bought sillier things. I can't judge. Yeah, I, I, reading what's in it, you also received the snowman outfit, some helicopter tickets to reach uncharted destinations quickly if you don't want to use your wingsuit, um, and also ten thousand steep credits to purchase all of those customizable stuff you want to customize uh-huh. but no uh thoroughly enjoyed it i think kieran played it as well but he hasn't really said too much i didn't play much of it i played like half an hour of it at most so i haven't oh. really got much to add i thought the wingsuit was kind of boring the snowboarding seemed okay but not great but it looked really pretty and so I'll yeah. probably play more of it when the open beta's out. Um, yeah. I, I like uh, the idea of it. I mean, like, we came away from watching all the E3 stuff, and this was the thing we all kind of agreed looked amazing and was a big surprise. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to see if it turns out well. It definitely seems like it's going in the right direction, at least. Um, But I didn't play enough of the beta to really judge. So. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, so that was the the steep beta, and thoroughly enjoyable. I will suggest you download it this weekend, Mike, because it does seem like your kind of bag. Yeah, I'll pick it up, have a wee look. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, Kieran, um, you also played you played steep beta, but you've also been playing uh, more Mafia Three. How's that going for you? Uh it's it's going all right. I got a kind of weird love-hate relationship going with that game (laughs) like there are parts of it that i adore like i said it before like the story stuff is just perfect like it's amazingly done you know the cutscenes are some of the best in a game the story stuff's told 
really well. It seems to all be interconnected in a cool way. The way it kind of like it does this thing where it gives you a short kind of cutscene. Uh, basically, the, I've described it a bit before, but just to remind people, the structure of the game is basically you're taking over territories. Territories tend to be split into two different rackets held by the Mafia. You do a bunch of little side things, basically, to take control of each of those rackets, and then you get to take over... You get to kill the boss that is taking running that place at a time and take over it. And just before you kill the boss, there's usually a little cutscene... And sometimes they're just like uh, your your FBI buddy Donovan coming up and going, I found out some stuff about this guy. You know, you'll be able to kill him if you do this. And then sometimes they're documentary style scenes where it's them going, when he killed that guy, it was real fucked up. <sighs> man, it was real fucked up. And you're like, oh man, I can kill him. <laughs> it's going to be fucked up. It's going to be so good. And it's really well done. But there's not enough of that stuff. Like, there's so much of this just kind of go to this area, kill the three enforcers, interrogate the three snitches, uh, you know, and then there'll be something a bit more specialised. So it'll be like if they're specialising in making drugs, it'll be blow up all their drug manufacturing places. If they're gun runners, it'll be like steal three of their gun running boats. And if it's, you know, whatever... <laughs> But they're all, it's all super repetitive, which is really unfortunate. Um, it suffers from the uh, the open world curse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, which is a shame, because it's that thing where I feel like the developers were like... People complained about Mafia 2 because it was so story-driven and had this open world that was completely pointless. So we need to use this open world. But then they made a bunch of stuff that would be pretty decent as a side mission, but you need to do it to progress the story. And so it's kind of just really repetitive. Um, which is a shame because I, I I'm liking it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I I picked up a copy of uh, Mafia Three as well, so uh, in preparation for Game of the Year, um, doing what you know what we always do anyway, which is we all go off and we, you know, find games that we haven't played and either buy them or rent them and and play them. So Mafia 3 was one of the games that I picked up. Um, I haven't played a lot of it, and uh, later on I'll, I'll tell you why I haven't played a lot of it. But I played the opening, and uh, yeah, Kieran, what you were saying about the way that the game is, uh, the story is told to you, mm-hmm. and it's told in a manner of flashbacks and interviews and things. Yeah. Oh, man, that is amazing. It is really, really so well good. done. Yeah. Stunning. So you'll have actually got to the bit that I... So- you know, behind the scenes knowledge for people listening to the podcast um, we've been building our game of the year list um, because we're going to be recording our game of the year a little bit earlier than we usually do um, yep. although to be fair we usually start around this time of the year doing it anyway um, but I added into our again spoilers but uh, we added <laughs> our, we have a best moments category this year Yes. and I added the bet from the end of the cutscene from the end of the first mission of Mafia 3 so I don't know did you play even that much or did you um, I, I'll i tell you where I am I've uh, found out that the Haitians are uh, the Haitians are muscled in on the area I've just come back ah, right, uh, right. so I don't think I'm where, yeah, where you think I am well, the... I, I've just infiltrated the Haitians um, I we pulled up in a boat and I swam ashore mm-hmm. And uh, a good, good mission. 
Yeah, um, so I'm just in the middle of doing that because I I was just busy doing it and then um, I think my phone went or something happened and I was distracted. I ended up dying, not watching what I was doing. So I haven't got back to it yet, but um, oh, it's it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, it's, that where it's really good. It just gets really repetitive. Yeah, um, there's nice little touches as well. So um, at the 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 opening. You know, it's how you're getting a bit of the story, and you end up playing a small section of a job you go on mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, and um, it's obviously it's further on in the game, so I imagine at one point it's going to loop back to it. But you've got uh, access to more, you know, more more powerful weapons, more gate things you would expect to get yeah. at the the middle of the game. So. You know, obviously you're playing a little bit just to get used to the controls and things and they're making it a little bit easier for you. Um, but before you get onto this job, you end up you're um, in a garage and, uh, you know, there's a sweeping camera shot that shows you the location and as it comes down and there's, uh, you, you know, it's uh, the deep south and it's obviously close to the bayou and you're near, a, you're in a garage and there's a little sign that says, feed the gators. 25 cents for three chickens or something right and that's cool I think yeah alright no problem and this this little bit the, the cutscene starts and you can see your character he's in the corner and um, you know you're getting ready for your job that you're going to go and do and uh, you can see one guy he's kind of tied up in a chair kind of reservoir dog style he's got the tape on the mouth and everything and that's fine and there's a dead body dude's been killed no problem, but then the game puts it in your head because it tar- and there's a bit of a sh- exchange between the characters. One character says, "You're just going to leave that dead body there," and the other character says, "Do what you want." Immediately, you think, "Aha! I know what's outside." <laughs> so you can pick up the body because as you walk past, there's a big massive hint for you to pick up the body. Yeah. So you you pick up the body. And I don't know, maybe I'm just a sick individual. <laughs> I definitely didn't do anything that you're do- saying, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've got, I'm walking about with this body. I'm going, how the fuck do I get out here? And I found a door, and you can walk out the door, and you can walk right up to the edge of the 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 water, um, you know, next to the sign that says you can feed the gators for 25 cents. And you throw the body in, and it actually goes. And you go, oh shit, this is brilliant. And it splashes in the water and it kind of bobs around and you wait for a couple of seconds, maybe about 10, 20 seconds. And then all of a sudden, whoom, the, the gator comes and he, it, it chomps the body. Yeah. And it's just, I, that was it. I was, I was sold. One thing uh, I'll say is if you're ever in the bayou area in that game, don't walk. Just always be in a car. <laughs> because gators are faster than you expect <laughs> <laughs> and they all get nice nice um, excellent yeah it's got so many nice little things like that um, I quite like how the cars control as well like they're very big and weighty and you can just kind of really just like slam the back round corners basically right I, um, most of the cars that I've been in at the moment are quite slow so I haven't really had yeah, a chance to experience yeah. that yet yeah um, yeah, you get some I, faster ones pretty quickly. I need to play this game before game of the year. I yeah, really do. Yes. It's that thing where, again, I don't... 
it's going to be in categories for things. It probably isn't the best game this year, but it's it does some things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, I definitely think people should play more of it. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, but Mike, you've also been playing another open world game. Yes, Forza Horizon Three. Yes, I've been playing more Forza. Um, oh, I, I just I fall in love with this game more and more every time I play it. Um, I one of the reasons I wanted to talk about uh, Forza Horizon was, Kieran, you did something. I've done it as well, but you did something that is basically unheard of for us, um, which is bought pointless DLC. Yes, I do that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, let me tell you something that I have not told anyone before. Let's come closer. Okay. At Halloween, Overwatch had an event where you could unlock special Halloween costumes for their characters oh, no. through random drops. Uh huh. So I paid £15 to buy a bunch of the chests <laughs> instead of playing the game. And I haven't played Overwatch since. <laughs> It's just awful. I've got some cool costumes, though. They're real good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Force Horizon 3. <laughs> yeah, so you bought the um, you bought the VIP pass as well. Yeah. Uh, my Which... reason for it was pretty much just that I haven't been playing a lot of that just because there's so many other games that I'm playing just now. Mm-hmm. And the VIP pass gives you uh, double whatever money you get from the kind of roulette thing after you finish a race... It gives you a handful of free cars and it gives you more chance to get a car from the roulette thing as well. So it kind of yeah. speeds up your progression a bit, which is kind of like, I've not got yeah. a lot of time to play it, so I can play... Mm-hmm. It feels bad to be like, I can play less of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but essentially it is also the season pass. Is it part... Okay, I, think, I wasn't sure if the season pass was a separate thing or not. This thing. Um, no, no. The, the, I don't think so anyway I don't think I know in previous games the season there was a season pass and a VIP yeah uh, oh I don't know now because I know <laughs> I know the package that I bought gave me the whole lot did you get the new DLC the smoke and tires thing I don't think I did I oh, didn't check okay. though it didn't right. download if it did ah okay I'll need to double check, but I'm pretty sure it comes. You know the the I know the addition I I got comes with the season pass. I just assumed that was part of the VIP thing. Yeah, I don't. I'm not too sure. It may be. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, I digress. That game is just absolutely stunning. It the amount of things that you can do. I've now got some of my um, events. Have you unlocked all the events? No, I'm not even close. No. I... Oh wow. Okay. I've not played that much of it. I, I played enough to get the second... Set up a Festival. second area. Um, yep. Which I set up in the... Uh, the Outback. Because I wanted the kind of deserty rally stuff. And I've right. still been working through that. So. Ah, okay. Um, so I have just upgraded one of my festival sites. The to you Basically you open it and then you upgrade it and it gets up to a level 5 um, I have done that for one of my sites I've still got the other 4 sites is it? the other oh, 4 sites know. left or 
however many I forget how many sites are left but I've still got um, I think there's three of them I still need to do one level of each and there's one of them that I still need to level up uh, two more times as well so there is a shit ton of content still left for me to play and man it is just uh, yeah it's an amazing racing game um, and we've whittled on about it enough and prattled <laughs> on about it said so you need to you need to play it and uh, with that little boost in the 4k it just makes it it runs a little bit smoother um, stunning as well so should you um, buy an Xbox One S um, no no you should be alright <laughs> uh, I should probably buy an Xbox One just for that game you should yeah, you should. yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't but... justify it but I should <laughs> <laughs> but it is um... yeah I can't really say much more about it uh, still having a hell of a lot of fun it's a good go to game you know if you've only got a little bit of time a quick little boost you can do a championship or you can rate, um, race just a single event yeah. or you can go hunting for the barn finds so much to do I really um, fucking hate the barn finds I'm really terrible the bar- at them. I'm the worst. Um, once you kind of get used to what you're looking for, you know, you, uh, you can discount certain buildings straight off the bat. Maybe it's because um, all goddamn Australian houses look like barns. <laughs> Fuck Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is uh, still a hell of a lot to do, um, and it's quite good fun. So. Uh, I no doubt we'll be talking about it again before Game of the Year and that Game of the Year as yeah, well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And probably after. And forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, Paul, you've been playing... What have you been playing? You've been playing... Uh, is it called Eight Worlds or Eight Words Apart? It's Eight Words Apart. Now, hear me out, guys. Don't don't laugh. You, you might laugh. It's a spelling game. Right, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, I am massively dyslexic. Spelling is not my forte at all. But right, it's actually... so are you still stuck in the first level or No, 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 no. I'm on level twenty eight. Alright, okay. Uh it's actually not that bad. So what it is, it's a it's an iOS game. I don't know if it's available on Android. I haven't went looking to see. Uh it's a game that you get basically a bunch of different little tiles um each of them have either two letters three letters or four letters on them and your screen is covered in them at the bottom but the top of your screen has a picture um for example a picture of a band recording in a a, a studio room or a picture of a little girl and her dog sitting in the back of the car at the beach it the pictures are random as hell like one of them was a picture of someone's breakfast <laughs> <laughs> right okay doesn't matter what the picture is the the whole point of it is is there will be eight words that you of things that you can see in that picture such as orange juice or toast or butter or cheese or a hat or a dog or a bag or but it, it can be as crazy is like um, a phrase such as a bottle of orange juice okay rather than just a singular word um, yeah. your the whole point of the game is you use the, the groupings of letters that are there 
to spell out the words, like the eight words that they're, you're trying to find from the picture. The hard part is you can see stuff in the picture and go, oh, that there's a, a microphone stand. But then you won't have the letters for it, so you can like take that one out. Ah, that's cool. You need to you need to work your way through and figure out what you actually have the letter groupings to spell that's in the picture. So you're kind of slowly eliminating things that it yes it can't be answers basically. And you're also timed, uh, so it, it gives you a, it gives you a timing for each level. I mean, I've passed some of them in two minutes. I've passed some of them in twelve. <laughs> Um, some of them are really not easy at all, and they get progressively harder as you go along. I think I'm on level, like, 24 at the moment. You can use in-game coins to get uh, a hint, and it'll tell you... It'll show you the first grouping of letters that for something that's in the picture, mm-hmm. if you get stuck. Uh, I think for passing each level, you get 25 of those coins. It costs you 75 for a hint. Mm-hmm. You can watch trailers for other stuff for like advertisements to get more coins, or you can, you know, buy in app purchases uh, as it's a free game to buy more of those coins if you're so inclined. Um, I haven't done that yet, I don't probably think I will. It's not the kind of game where I'd be inclined to spend on in app purchases, it's the kind of game I'd be inclined to just close down and go I'll come back to that when I've got a fresh set of eyes <laughs> right but it is a really fun little game for killing some time it kind of gets the brain working and I've actually been playing it uh, along with the girlfriend uh, we've been playing levels simultaneously um, and seeing who can complete them first which you know most of the time is her <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine but one. But uh, there's been a rare occasion when um, I've actually beaten her with certain things. What we found really cool is uh, she's actually in the States. So I had uh, I had uh, trainers for a pair of shoes that was there. It was a pair, pair of running shoes, but I had trainers. She had sneakers. Right. So, yeah, the American word, so... I think depending on your location, it will actually take into account that you might see something different from another part of the world. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, I found that a really neat little thing that it it does. You know, it's not a huge, massive mechanic or anything like that, but it's a neat little touch. Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's basically it. It's very simplistic. Picture, there's eight words in it that you need to find. There's a, loads of groupings of different little letters. Find those eight words. See how quickly you can do it. Um, becomes frustrating as hell. When you're, you're staring at it going, what's the last thing? There's like, because there's more groupings of letters than you need. Yeah. Uh, so some of those letters will not be used for anything. But when you're staring for the last word and you can't get it, you are hitting all of those letters going what order this is going to get over <laughs> uh, but it, it doesn't work like that you can fling them in at any any random way you want but unless you've got the, the right starting pair or you know what you're actually looking for it becomes increasingly harder to spell um, if you're just chucking in random letters 
fun fun little game uh very nice for killing you know 10 15 20 minutes whatever you've got great little game for a commute or you know maybe just sitting on the couch while someone else is watching tv and you not particularly something you want to watch <laughs> yeah yeah uh but no uh been quite enjoying that and uh it will stay on my phone which a lot of games that i download through ios don't get to stay on my phone right yeah. okay phone games tend to just yeah you tend to yeah you you play them you get bored and you delete them i actually think i'll be keeping that about because it's pretty fun for killing a little bit of time mm-hmm. uh yeah so talking about uh phone games I think Mike's probably playing Adventure Capitals on PC but I know there is a an iOS version of it yes yeah so um, how I stumbled across this one was um, I was downloading stuff on the PS4 and had a look and uh, Adventure Capitals has just been added to the marketplace and I thought oh I'm pretty sure Paul, I'm pretty sure you played this and spoke about this many many moons ago. I did. I lost a hell of a time to the iOS version of I'm it. Sure uh, this podcast is about video games and board games, not the <laughs> bullshit. To yeah. be fair, to be fair, Adventure Capitalist is on phones and also another game <laughs> I played this also I was, on I was, phones. I was not disputing. They're also on Steam. I was not disputing the video part of it. I was disputing the I, game. The part game of it. part of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is more of a pretty yeah. sure adventure cap. It's a cookie clicker thing, is it not? Yeah, it's basically yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a um, the numbers go. Yeah. Up. So here's the thing. I I knew what it was, and I thought, oh, I wonder what it looks like on the PS4. So I downloaded it, put it on. That's fatal, as you know. <laughs> one of these things. That's it. You're done. Once the numbers start um, I, going up, you want them to continue going up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I was I was meant to be playing some Mafia, and this is why I couldn't play Mafia 3, because I said... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the wife, she's going to bed. That's fine. No problem. And uh, so she's heading off to bed. And um, I said, uh, right, I'll just put this on for two seconds. Three hours later, that was it. No Mafia was done. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, for anyone that hasn't played it, it is like, you know, Kieran Paul says it, it's a cookie clicker, um, you click a button and you get money for it, uh, you click a button enough and then you can upgrade it so that you don't need to click the button, it does it itself, then there's another button you can buy and this button costs a lot more money but it gives you a lot more money when you click it and etc etc and it goes on um with adventure capitalists you can end up uh, get unlocking different worlds literally different worlds you can unlock the moon and mars i think it is um yeah, i think there's a few they keep yeah, adding yeah. more as well there's uh there's seasonal worlds that oh, right, they okay. roll out so for a set period of time you can go make a factory in this world i don't think any of the stuff carries it like they don't connect to each other they're just kind of you can have different games running at once basically. Yeah. And there's yeah. a I think there's one type of currency that carries over between them or something like that. Um, oh, the, yeah, the mega bucks I think it is yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barely a game. But yeah, very game. Active. It, it is it is crack though. Um, yeah, it's like crack cocaine. It really I, is. I actually have it running in the background as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I've not played a lot of adventure capitalists. Um, my girlfriend has to the point where at some point I turned around and she had it running on her phone and her laptop at the same time. I was like, what are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> but... That sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally wasn't doing that last night, I promise. Uh, you got it on your PS4 or your phone and your laptop all at once. Um, yeah. I got into Cookie Clicker quite a lot, so I can't actually really judge this stuff. Because, you know, oh, I know what it's like. They released Cookie Clicker 2 just recently. Oh, I know. I've not played it yet, <laughs> but I probably will. They, uh, there was a clicker that came out for phones relatively recently that I tried out that was disappointing, though. That was uh, based on... Oh, shit, what's the one? I've completely forgot the name of it. Uh, the, the puzzle game where you're the little green prince of the cosmos and you're rolling around the ball to pick everything up. Katamari? Katamari. There's a oh, cat, yes, there's yeah. Katamari clicker. Um, it's really oh. slow and really bad. It's, oh. it's disappointed. <laughs> I, I won't download it and lose a few hours then. Yeah. Um. I mean, you download it try it. Maybe I like it. But I was not impressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it's just crack and completely addictive. <laughs> um, speaking of digital crack and things that are very addictive though, uh, Kieran, you have been. You, we we thought we weaned you off it, but you've been you went back to Stellaris again. All right, guys, let me tell you about Stellaris. <laughs> <laughs> I are you running on to, your phone right now? I really wish it ran on my phone. <laughs> That'd be so good. This laptop I have in front of me runs it. I could probably play it. Um, yes. So I mainly went back to just because. I bought the, the... They brought out their first DLC pack recently, which I picked up, um, and then didn't really play much of because I didn't have time. Um, but also because we've been talking about Game of the Year stuff, and as I've been thinking about kind of what will be on my Game of the Year list, Stellaris is kind of the one game that keeps always popping up. Like, yeah, of course that's going to be on there. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so I started a new game where... I Well, I continued from the last new game I made, which I might have mentioned on here which was around when DLC came out, where I made a race of space penguins called the Pingru. <laughs> um, they are slowly expanding out. I spent basically the whole weekend sitting playing it, and then, well, not the whole weekend, but I played a decent amount of it, but I got kind of past the early game, which takes a long time sometimes. And I got a kind of lucky start where none of the... I, for people that don't know, Stars is a space 4X game, so like Civilization in space, basically. Um... Because everyone's played Civilization, let's face it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I I had a bunch of different, you know, empires surrounding me, but I had enough space to kind of expand out and build this biggish empire, and everyone was relatively peaceful, so I didn't need to build a big army. So instead, I built a really big economy, and now I can just build lots of ships, and now everyone around me's fucked. Like they don't have a chance now because I can just build all the ships. So. I didn't really start the galactic conquest invading all my neighbours part yet, but that's definitely the plan for my my Stellaris game, is infest the world with space penguins. Right. Um, it's really Sounds good. Sounds great. The, the, they've patched a lot of stuff in that game um, since it came out and improved it quite a lot. So you, you see kind of the same stuff less. Like, it was one of the issues with Stars before was, like, you'd see a lot of the same events pop up over and over. Um, they've definitely kind of added more and made it, you don't see the same stuff a lot. Um, the Leviathan DLC adds Leviathans, which are these giant alien things 
you'll just randomly find in star systems and they'll just be there and if any of your ships get nearby it will destroy them and presumably later in the game you'll have strong enough armies to be able to take them out but I am not there yet so I just make sure none of my armies ever go into an area where there's a leviathan or else they will all die um, which happened pretty early on because I kind of you know underestimated them and I was like I've got a decent army I've got like 20k of dudes here so I flew them in and then they just all died instantly like it wasn't even there was there wasn't even, there was no time to be taken it was just this giant space amoeba thing just basically rolled over them blew them all up um, instant death yeah I also lost a scientist that way because one of the things you do in the early game is kind of the same as in Civilization where you get an explorer and you send the explorer out to explore the map for you at the start of the game of Stellaris you get scientists you send them out to scan all the planets nearby and I sent them to scan all the planets and then they found this one with this Leviathan Leviathan was like you ain't scanning my shit bro and those scientists died bravely doing science <laughs> um, but yeah I've not got a whole lot more to add about Stellaris really we've talked about it before it will definitely yeah. come up in Game of the Year stuff it's really good it's going to be really hard to show to you guys for Game of the Year just because it's one of those games that's so slow so yeah. Uh, yeah, I really want to play it, but yeah. at the same time, uh, I'm terrible at 4X games, so... <laughs> it's you, it's relatively easy. Like, the, the AI are mostly pretty passive until the end game, and then by that point you've already played it for like 20 odd hours, and you're like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind so yeah, much. I played a full game, like, essentially. My favourite version of Civ is Civrev. Civrev's a really good version of Civ. Yeah, it is, it is but one you of can the play it so much. You can play it so much quicker than you can play Civ on PC. That's true. To be fair, yeah. Stellaris has a fast forward button. Stellaris is also real time; it's not turn based. Oh, uh, which I actually get it then. It has a fast forward button because it's made by uh, Paradox, the guys that made like Crusader Kings and Europa Universalis, yeah. and it's like the same engine, the same ideas. It's not quite Crusader Kings in space, which is what I originally hoped it would be, but it's this like weird blend of civilization and crusader kings that is great i mean paradox makes some damn good games they yeah really do. yeah and they support their games that's the thing they they patch them and they upgrade them and when people don't like stuff about them they fix it and it doesn't um, matter how old the games are they will continue to do so exactly and like the dlc they release is usually relatively superficial stuff like leviathans are cool but they don't really change the game much and the big thing that does change the game uh, that they added recently, or at the same time as the DLC, is a thing called um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, it's like Fallen Empire Wars or something like that. Because basically one of the things that Stellaris was, when it generates your um, uh, your galaxy that you're going to explore and expand and stuff in, there's some empires that form that are kind of the same level as you'd start with and expanding out. There's a couple that start a little bit bigger and then there's Fallen Empires which are massive empires that used to exist and still exist but they're not expanding out anymore because at some point they collapse they're like the holy roman empire rather than rome you know they're the end of an empire and they're just kind of hanging on but they're way stronger than everyone else because they've been there for a long time and in the base game they were relatively passive you could interact with them if you started a war with them they would fuck you up but they wouldn't start a war with you um they were just generally very kind of like introverted empires uh the latest deal or not even the latest dlc the latest patch that came out with the latest dlc adds 
uh, late game event because there's a series of late game events that can happen that change things up and change everyone's alliances and stuff like that and the AI will react to one they added is now that now two random fallen empires in the galaxy will decide they're going to war with each other so it's like if two versions of the Roman Empire on either side of the world decided war let's do this and everyone else gets pulled into it and so they have to go through other empires to get to each other and they will and if you don't let them they will go through you so <laughs> you kind of end up with this thing of you have to pick a side and everyone has to pick a side All right, yeah. okay. and so it changes up the end game so much um, and that's that's free like that's part of the I mean, I'm pretty sure it is at least I need to double check but I'm pretty sure that was just part of the last patch that wasn't part of the DLC and that's right. in a lot of ways bigger than the stuff that's in Leviathan stuff Leviathan stuff's just relatively superficial um, but yeah it's such a cool game I, I really like it I need to play way more of it I've only put like 80 hours into it it's not enough <laughs> in a year where Civilization 6 came out you know the fact that Could I've have been, thought yeah. you'd have been talking about not been talking about Civ Six. It's yeah. different for it, yeah. I did you pick up Civ Six yet? I've not. I want to before Game of the Year, but I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm. Yeah, gonna I'm, kind, I'm kind of the same. Yeah. Both of you are... will lose your entire lives and your jobs and your houses. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, probably. But also, like Civ Five wasn't that good at launch. I I've heard good things about Civ Six, but. The last couple of Civilization games have been really good after the first expansion, or after the yeah. second expansion in particular. The Gods and King expansion for Civilization V makes it like one of my favorite games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and four was the same way. I can't remember what the expansions for four were called, but you know the expansions were what made that game great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Civ Six I've heard is a better starting point, but it's still you know it's Civ. It's going to be way better in a year or two. Um. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um. But speaking of things that will be on our game of the year lists, Mike, you've been playing Reigns. I have. Yeah. Um. So the reason that I was playing it is, I you you may be joking, but uh, you know, I have heard good things about Reigns, and so I thought I would check it out. Um. Reigns, for anyone that doesn't know, is a it's a phone game. Um, made by Devolver Digital. I think it's also um, on Steam, but yeah, it's there is a, there's a Steam game. version. It is made for phones. You can tell just from the interface. Yeah, so um, it is. It's a roguelike multiple choice game. It's probably it's, the best way to describe it's like it. Roguelike Tinder. Uh, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> it's roguelike Tinder ro- uh, role playing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it's really strange. So, um, the the premise is that is that you are the king, and um, all your advisors and people will come up and they will ask you a question. They'll say, the, you know, our neighbours on their our western border are really annoying fuckwits. Shall we attack them? And you answer yes or no. You swipe, and the the way that you swipe, so your your advisors come in front of you like a little card, you know, um, kind of like a, a a square card that comes up, and the pictures on there, and um, you know whatever they're telling you is written above it or on the card, and you swipe slowly to the left or to the right, 
to see what the option is. So if you sli uh, slide it to the left, you may see the option is yes, or the option may be no. Um, and that's it. You've got four indicators above you. Um, and when you slide your the card to the left or the right, you can see what your choice is going to affect. So it can either affect... Um, I'm just trying to think of this off the top of my head. It's uh, oh, there's like four things you're trying to keep in balance. Yeah, it, uh, it's religion, people, money, and I forget what the, the fourth one is. The army. Yeah. Um, so your decision is going to affect, you know, at least one of those things, either to benefit it or it's going to affect it adversely. And nine times out of ten, it's normally uh, it might put one up and one down, or it just may be a bad thing. Um, the you're not going to last very long when you play it. Um, so the idea is to see how long your king, your king can last. I think the longest I've lasted is eighteen years. Yeah. Um, so there is a it, story to it. Like, yeah, certain events will keep coming up, and certain things will happen, and you talk to the devil at some point yes. and find out why or you don't find out why but you kind of you you get told basically that hey this this isn't just a roguelike you know these are people these are different kings that are coming one after a time they're all this is all connected and it's like wait yeah. what <laughs> um, but I presume I think there probably is some kind of I've not got far enough into it to know if there is um, but I assume there is some kind of end game to it because it seems I, like there's some kind of story that could. The, there's so sort of weird, yeah. There's weird things that happen. So um, I don't think it happens in order as well. I think you know the things that you will encounter will be different from the things I encounter. Yeah. Depending on on your choice, uh, certain things. So <laughs> one of my um, one of the things is anytime you get a key a key event happening, um, and you make the choice, you will then get. Um, you will get named according to that choice. So one of my my kings was um, he ended up with a disease, and uh, I've just discovered doctors, and the doctor says, you know, you're really sick, but we can save you if we cut your arm off. Shall we cut it off? Yes or no? And it's like, yes, cut it off. And from then on, you're known as I think it was Edward the One Arm. <laughs> played hours of this game and never seen that event that's really good <laughs> um the the other one was uh i i found out there was a a dragon oh, no no so i beg your pardon it wasn't a dragon it was a maiden who's been held in a cave against her will what do you do is like i'm off get my horse so we go to the cave and uh dragon comes out and the dragon says are you here for the girl and you yes or no you go yes and he the dragon says, well, good, here, here she is, take her. <laughs> and it's like, what? And you, so you, your choice is, well, I'm going to kill you or, okay, fine, I'll take her, I'll go. And uh, so the I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take her. And the, the dragon says, fine, take her, go. And you can either try and fight him again or you can say, what? So you say, what? And the dragon says, no one's going to die here. I've gave you the woman. Now bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> so you get and you bugger off and you save her and she's, you know, she's all in love with you and all stuff. And you get back to your castle and your advisor goes, did you like that present we got you? <laughs> <laughs> that costume like cost a fortune. And it was <laughs> <laughs> we set this all up for you. 
Sure yeah, nice. they've set it all up for you for your 20th birthday. <laughs> it's so good. It's got a really good sense of humor to it. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, one of the other things that I'd... Um, I'll just tell this one, and hopefully I won't spoil it, but one of the events was um, you find a woman who is... Uh, you know, she offers to teach you about magic and, mm. and spiritualism and the, not spiritualism, the, the spirits and yeah. magic and stuff. And it's like, um, that's fine. And it comes, so you accept, I accept her offer and it comes up and it says, uh, you met the witch. And from then on, I, my king was known as the sorcerer. Mm. Guess what his name was? Uh, I don't know. Sammy. What? Harry the Sorcerer. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, um, a very, very simple game. It doesn't last longer than, what, yeah. five minutes max? I mean, it can. It, it can, a, yeah. One of my favorite things about it is, like you mentioned, there's like four things you're trying to keep in balance, but you're not just trying to stop them all from running out. Like, you you're will trying die to stop them from getting too powerful as well. So, yes. you die if you run out of money, you die if you run out of an army because you get overthrown because you yeah. get invaded You, if you run out of religion the church rebels and goes after you if you, yeah. if your people lose all faith in you, they overthrow you and whatever, yeah. but the opposite also happens, so if you if the, if the church gets too powerful, the church will overthrow you because they don't need you anymore if yeah. the army gets too powerful, they do the same, they don't, you don't get invaded, they you know, stage a coup if you, yes, and if, if your economy gets too strong, you get fat and greedy and die at a party. It's <laughs> just really good. <laughs> I never good. seen that one. Did you and then there's the lots one... of other ways to die as well. <laughs> Did you see the one where um, if you 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 know you, you give the church too much, what happens is the church becomes very powerful and thinks that you would make the perfect martyr, and they disembowel you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. Um, and there's lots oh, of other ways to die as well. There's like basically four ways to die per each of those, but then there's a bunch of other random story ones that will pop up. Uh -huh. um, like I got lost in a dungeon underneath the castle and just oh, couldn't. I, I, I just starved well. to death because I couldn't find my way out. Oh, did you? Um, no, I didn't starve to death. I stepped on a trap and it spiked me. Oh, I and starved to death. My, my death was long and painful and the rats nibbled me to death. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> good. Um, there's lots of deaths and stuff in it, and like you said, when you, you find the witch, and you get those things that change your name, it also has this nice animation of basically adding a new collection of cards into kind of the random oh, yes. shuffle of things yeah. that will come up. Um, it's just really fun. I I really, really, really like it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I realised as you brought this up that I hadn't actually I changed phones from iOS to Android recently and I hadn't picked up on Android yet so I just bought it ah cool I think I might go buy it as well yeah I don't think it costs too much is it uh, like $2.29 yeah. yeah it's a couple of quid it's not much at all so um, you definitely should pick it up just to check it out it's um, a hell of a lot of fun it's really cool I agree cool Um so one of the one of the other things because uh, one of the other reasons apart from Adventure Capitalist that I haven't been playing um, many video games is uh, we had uh, people around to play some board games oh 
So we are, we're still trying to work through, Kieran, I know you're doing the same thing. You're trying to work through all the board games uh, yeah. so we could get somewhere for game of the year. Um, I think so we're doing many. quite well, actually. There's so many. I know, I know. Um, so I played, we played quite a few board games, um, but we played one which you have, um, and I don't know if you've played it yet, Have um, which is a Kickstarter, it was Joking Hazard. I've still not got a chance to play it yet, no. Ah, right, okay. Um, so, Joking Hazard, for anyone that doesn't know, was a very successful Kickstarter. It's a card game from the guys that make Cyanide and Happiness comics. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to describe it, it is their random comic generator that they had on the website. It's that in card game form. Yeah. Um, and it is it plays very much like cards against humanity so you have a stack of cards in your hand um and one person is they will be the judge for this round and what they do is they take the top card of the deck and they turn it over and that's the starting panel for the comic um the judge then plays a card from his hand that matches that it goes along with that panel um and he can either put it in front of the panel or after the panel um, so you now you have two panels of a three panel comic um, everyone else then in Cards Against Humanity style plays their answer face down and they go to the judge the judge one at a time reveals them and puts them in the comic um, and uh, he chooses the funniest one that's sounds it sounds, sounds good sounds good yep yeah, yeah. um I I had a little bit of fun with it. It was uh, we we created some great comics and uh, really good Benny laughs and, and things like that. I don't think the game's got legs. No, I mean it does sound like cartoon humanity. Where... Yeah, yeah. Um, the game itself, uh, if you got the Kickstarter version plus the uh, I forget what it was called, uh, but the bonus pack with another fifty cards. Oh, there was um, there was like the Kickstarter thank you pack, and then there was the history expansion. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I got both of those. I also got the right. shiny red box edition. Ah, uh, nice. Which is, which is good because in the back of it, where they have description, it just says "Holy fucking shit" in capital letters. Because <laughs> because they're not putting it in shops, so they can do it. Nice. <laughs> so um, the yeah the, um. The the thing about these cards, um, so we played a game, and we were using some of the cards, and like I said, we we're all having fun and, and things. But we got to the end of the pile that we used, and what we did was uh, they opened up a, a couple of more cards, and then they took some of the cards that we'd used before and shuffled them in. Uh-huh. Um, and at that point, so you were drawing maybe one or two cards that you'd seen before and some of the newer fresher ones and it was like yeah it's once you've seen a card it feels like you've seen it it's not does that make any sense it it's not as funny it doesn't have the impact anymore yeah it's not um because it's not it's not like cards against humanity you know it um the the card is a picture of a guy and he's doing something or or two of the characters and they're doing something. It's not the same as two midgets shitting in a bucket. Yeah. You know that's Still gonna a be fun- <laughs> Yeah. You know that's gonna be funny and, and can be used 
Um, but this is a visual gag. Yeah. I, it has a limited lifespan. Once you've seen it, then it's kind of run its course. I was kind of wondering, like, how part of the fun against of Cards Against Humanity was also, you know, getting people to say those dumb things for the first time. Yeah. You know, like, I think I've told this story here before, but I played it at one of my last jobs, and the CTO of that job played Cards Against Humanity with us and was reduced to tears as everyone played the filthiest cards when it was his turn, because when your boss is playing, of course you're going to play picking up girls at the abortion clinic and jacking off into a pool of children's tears and stuff like that. Like, of course you are. Because, you know, your boss is playing, so it's the only chance you're going to get to make him be incredibly foul. Well, depending on (laughs) what your boss is like, I guess. Yeah. Um, But when this is a comic, you know, it doesn't really lend itself to that, I don't think. What we were doing is uh, I think however we ended up playing, I ended up being the, the first judge, so um, I instinctively did what we did with Cards Against Humanity, so I had the two panels in front, and there were um, you know, panels where the characters were talking, because sometimes a panel will may just have uh, somebody doing something, or a funny expression, there's no words Yeah. Um, so I, I would re- read the two panels, and then one by one turn the answers over and place it at the end of the panel and read it okay um so it does kind of it does kind of work um or sometimes uh, if you know there's no there's no narrative in the comic then you're just turning over that final panel and putting it down and leaving it for a bit so everyone can see it and then putting the next one down Hmm. so it still does that you know it still has that thing of um the reveal it's just sometimes you're not seeing what's you know you're not seeing these awful things yeah yeah uh sometimes you are um and some of the some of the best comics that we came up with um with a punchline was just an expression or something like that so it was quite funny um but i didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else that was playing it okay um yeah, and I was I was quite surprised at that, and I kept, you know, I, I've been talking about it and running it over in my head with uh, with Anne because um, she really enjoyed the game, and she said at one point when somebody said, "Should we stop and play something else?" She said, "No, don't because I'm ha- you know I'm having a good time," and at that point in my head, I went, "Oh, you know, I wasn't." I, I wasn't enjoying it as much as everyone else. Um, I didn't say anything. You know, we obviously we carried on playing a little yeah. bit more. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I was speaking to Anna about it because you know she kept on. She was asking how much you know people paid for the game and things like that. So I had a look online, and you can buy. For, so for anyone that's actually wanting to buy Joking Hazard, and they missed the Kickstarter. You can buy it if you're in the states. You can buy it from Amazon, and you're paying the same price that it was on Kickstarter, twenty-five dollars for the base game and an extra ten dollars for the history pack. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're getting it at the the thirty-five dollar mark, which is fine. Um, you can buy it from the Sinai uh, and Happiness um, store as well. Uh, Exact same price, no problem at all, but you're going to pay $22 uh, to ship it here to the UK. Ah. That, I'm not too sure if, you, I'm, 
I went looking on the Kickstarter to try and find out how much they charged the the Kickstarters, and I've got a funny feeling it was pretty close to that amount. I think it probably was. A lot of American Kickstarters for board games are usually around $25 for shipping. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was that. But I got it with a friend, so we split the shipping. We got the, the double pack, which is also why I've got right. the shiny red edition. Um, uh-huh. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I only ended up spending like 30 or 35 all in. Um, right. Which, yeah, it would have been about 35 then. Yeah, which was... I, I, I haven't played it yet, so I can't really tell if it's worth it. But. Right. Um, well, um, I... So I was going to... You know, if it was 35 and the shipping was a little bit cheaper, then I probably wouldn't have thought anything about it. Um, and I... So we're talking about the game, and I'd said to Anne, you know, I'll get it for you. I'll, I'll buy it for you so you can play it. And she was like, if you don't enjoy it, there's no point in buying it because we're not really going to get it to the table as much. Um, and then we were talking about kind of the life life expectancy of the cards. So yeah. I think I would, I definitely want to play it again. I'm still very uh, up in the air about it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's like that thing where I don't think it's going to have the life of Cards Against Humanity, which even then, uh-huh. Cards Against Humanity, people have kind of got bored of now. It took years, but, you know, it happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'll last a wee bit, though. I I think um, I think if you're a fan of the, the webcomic, and it'd be a cool thing to bring out to people and say, look... You know, you like Cyanide and Happiness, they brought out, they made a card game. Yeah. And you can bring it out and show people and things like that, and you can play a couple of rounds and, you know, play for 10 or 20 minutes and things like that. And I think it's, yeah, you, you know, it'll probably last last you a good while if you play it like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I, yeah, I think it's a cool thing to own, um, you know, just if you like the webcomic as well. Yeah, I do, and I really like that random comic generator. Yes, um, yeah. There's an idea they blatantly stole from another webcomic. Um, uh-huh. I forget the name of that webcomic now. Something. But there was another webcomic that did it first and had basically the same thing. Um, right. But it's it's such a cool idea. It's, you know, it's great. Yeah. So hope, I hope I enjoy the game. It's, I'm going to be playing it. I'm having a board game day this Sunday. Um, right. Where the intention was to play hidden role games almost entirely, but a couple of people dropped out now, so All right, we okay. actually have just kind of a regular number of people. So we might ah, uh, you don't have it. Ah, uh, you don't have enough people. I mean, we could probably we could still get a decent like hidden role games. We have five people coming, which is enough for most hidden role games. But things like um, yeah, I bought. I talked about it last week. I bought uh, Mafia de Cuba, and uh, that one seems like it needs a little bit more. I think right. it does work with five, but it seems like it'd be better with more people. Yeah. Um, things like Salem definitely need more people. Um, but things like uh, uh, Avalon work well without. And I've got yeah. a couple of things here, like um, Retreat to Darkmoor that I need yeah. to play before Game of the Year. Um, uh-huh. If Scythe arrives before then, that goes up to five, I think. It may only be four, actually. But, you know, something like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. get people pair off and play Katak. I don't know. Yeah. But cool. we'll get stuff in. And Joking Hazard's definitely going to be one of the games in that. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm really uh, curious to see what you make of it as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm i hoping I enjoy it. Cool. So, 
talking about Game of the Year stuff um, as well. Uh, Kieran, you have been... Uh, we actually forgot... I'm looking at our <laughs> list. We've got a menu of... Um, <laughs> just a menu. Of, well, I read out the menu at the beginning of the, yeah. the podcast. Uh, Kieran, you played Hitman, and we forgot to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, our first time doing this structure, so and we missed it. <laughs> I know. So, is this the first time you've played Hitman? I can't remember if you'd bought it before, or is um, this just you getting into it? I played the beta before, but this is the first time I bought it. Um, right. For people who don't know, the, this is the new Hitman game. came out earlier mm-hmm. this year, and they've been Episodic, slowly, yeah. yeah. they've been episodically adding to it. The last episode just came out this month, or last month. Um and the buzz around it has been like super high I had multiple people saying you should play us before game of the year so I was like I guess I need to um, and I can understand why it's like I've never been a big Hetman fan mm-hmm. um, I played through I guess I played through almost all of them but I, like, I've never super enjoyed them they've just kind of been there you know. I, I like the idea of them but they've never played super well they've always been really clunky um one of those things where once you get caught, that's it. You know, you may as well just you know give up. This one plays a lot better than those, um, and it's it's just a really good stealth game. It's you almost everything kind of revolves around you know the disguise system like previous Hitman games. So you're disguising yourself as people, and different people can get into different areas of whatever map you're in. And you're setting up kind of cool assassinations for specific targets. And uh, depending on the skies you've got, like some people might think you're suspicious and you're trying to hide and avoid from them or take them out silently. Um, and I've only played, I played the, there's two tutorial levels, or a tutorial and then a test level, and then kind of the first main level which is the Paris map which was in the beta before um, which I played a little bit of before which all takes place in like a big fashion show it's like a big Parisian mansion that has like a fashion show going on inside of it and you can wander around and you've got to assassinate two targets in two separate parts of the area without getting caught mm-hmm. and then escape um, which is a good kind of addition to it. It's like it's not just kill these people; it's kill these people and then get out. So if you're just running guns blazing, which you can do, the security guards left there just go gun you down. Like you, yeah, yeah, guns blazing. <laughs> Woo! It's not really a guns blazing kind of game. <laughs> you could probably do it if you're very, very careful. But I beg to differ. I've played every Hitman like that, and it's worked perfectly fine. This one seems like it'd be really hard to do, but you could probably do it. But maybe, if only because like there's way more crowds of people. Like There's so many people everywhere. Um, a lot of them will be security guards with guns. So, I played through the Paris level, and I completed it by dis- finding one of the fashion models who looked conveniently similar to Agent 47. Uh, killing, or not killing, I knocked him out and then hid him in a dumpster somewhere, stole his clothes went to find his makeup artist and his makeup artist saw me and was saw me wearing his clothes and was like oh your makeup's come off a bit there, I guess we'll, we'll redo your makeup so you <laughs> end up just looking identical to him and then you go into a meeting with one of the targets and 
she is like setting this it's basically like the Zoolander thing where fashion models are being used they're being used as spies rather than as assassins but they're being used as spies so she's setting them up to spy on someone and so you go in and you you know take part in this conversation about yeah I'll, I'll go spy on these people for you and she's like yeah okay good take these cyanide pills just in case and I was like oh, okay cool I picked up cyanide pills I just stood up walked into the ensuite bathroom of her room <laughs> clogged one of the sinks so it overflowed and she went in and was like why is the sink overflowing and she's like mopping it up and so then I dropped all the cyanide tablets into her wine and then left <laughs> nice <laughs> she just died because she went and drank her wine and died because she, I dumped a bunch <laughs> of cyanide in them um, but it's just it's got some real good kind of goofy dumb moments like that I killed another guy by dropping a chandelier on him um, I didn't get like a good rating for that it's got a full like big scoring system at the end of every level where it kind of rates you based on how quickly you did it whether you got seen or not that kind of stuff um, I lost some points because I dropped a chandelier on someone but he was also in the middle of a crowd of people so I also killed like six people by accident um, <laughs> Right. but no one saw me do it so it was fine so I just left <laughs> I was just like I'm out here I'm a, I'm a great assassin no one knows I'm here um, and one of the things I really like that they've added to this is um, there's this idea of trespassing so uh-huh. If you're in a disguise that doesn't give you permission to be in an area, when a security guard finds you, they don't just start gunning you down. Depending on what it is, like if you're in a in the Paris map at least, if you're in a part of the you know, the mansion you're not meant to be in, they don't just start gunning you down. There's another level where there's like an underground like biology kind of lab. And if you're in there, people just start gunning you down because you're not meant to be there. But if you just accidentally wandered in, or if they think you've just accidentally wandered into the wrong part of you know the mansion the guards will come up to you and be like hey don't move and they'll come up to you and they'll go follow me and they'll lead you back out to the nearest area that you're allowed to be in so it's got a, it's a bit more forgiving in that way like previous Hitman games you get seen guards all start getting alerted everyone starts gunning you down everyone's crazy doing whatever this game is a little bit more lenient. It's like, oh, you're not meant to be here. Maybe you just wandered in here by accident. Give you benefit of the doubt. Come with us. Come downstairs, <laughs> and then you go into another room, and they're, they they have a few seconds of you know giving you benefit of the doubt before they actually start going. This guy's not coming with me. So they may follow you into the room, and they'll be like, come on, man, come with me. And I'm like, this room's empty. I've got a knife. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, I guess I'm a guard now. Oh well. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. Um, they see, it seems like they do the episodic stuff perfectly. Uh, I right. was kind of skeptical about it when they first announced it, but it has that whole. It kind of feels in a way like what I wanted from uh, Metal Gear Solid Five uh, Ground Zeroes, where Ground Zeroes had that big map. And then all these different little missions you can do in that map that are different variations of the same map and you do all the same stuff in different ways and it changes it a bit depending on what you've chosen, whatever. It's like that, but episodic. Right. So you have these big maps and there's several different assassination contracts you can take out on that map. They do these, um, I don't know if they're weekly or monthly events that are called elusive targets, which are... Uh, 
kind of hit targets that everyone gets the same one given out online at the same time and you have a set period of time that you can attempt to do it and you get one chance so you can't save and reload if you mess it up you've messed it up um, okay oh, yeah yeah I remember th- I remember them counting that as a feature and I thought that was really cool uh, yeah and it is it seems I mean I've not done one yet because I only just got this like last week but it seems like a really cool idea mm-hmm. um and there's also a story connecting all the stuff, which I didn't know about. Like, no one really mentions that. Um, but it seems interesting, at least. Um, cool. I mean, Hitman stories have never been great. The best, yeah. No, they've been, hey, by the way, you're Agent 47, you're basically the Serpentor of Hitmen, and also you have a barcode in the back of your head. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, don't put yourself through the uh, self-scan checkouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll have to be something. Um, yeah. I expected item in the bagging area. This <laughs> <laughs> is your turn. You need uh, you need identification short to your staff to be able to buy a hitman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. I wonder how much he rings up as. Forty-seven pounds probably. Um. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying that so far. I'm definitely going to play a lot more of it uh, before Game of the Year stuff. Um, I can understand sure. why everyone's going crazy about it. Yeah. Uh, even people that are not into Hitman. Um, yeah. But yes, back to board games. Yes. Mike. Yes. Talk about Game of the Year, board games. Uh-huh. Tell me everything there is to know about Dragon Keeper. Dragon Keeper. Ah, yes. Yes. So- this was um should I regret I think... not backing the Kickstarter when I oh. almost backed the Kickstarter man it's um I really love the idea of this is a very very simple game so the idea is that you are uh, four adventurers the game plays for four players and your adventurers that are working for the dragon because um, we live in a time where People are still hunting dragons and, you know, trying to loot their lairs for loot and, you know, they want all the treasure of the dragon and they kill the dragon and you have wisened up and, you know, dragons are wise and everything. So you and the other three people that work for the dragon, um, what you do is you you kind of lure the adventurers in and then you, you go to the dragon, you tell the dragon where these adventurers are and the dragon eats them uh so that it's a very very yeah it's that that's the idea so the game is played on a grid and uh i forget how big the grid is but there's uh you know a six by six grid possibly um i can't remember uh but you've got the grid and on each uh tile um so within the grid there's you know little tiles and the tiles have um colors of the four guilds that everybody comes from mm-hmm. um and what you're trying to do is um you are trying to feed the the, the dragon the other adventurers except the one from your you know the, the one that you originally came from at the beginning of the game you get given a a color and that is your negative color so uh, anytime you get the dragon to eat one of these people that are that color, it's worth negative points for you. 
the whole thing about the game is how you get the dragon to move. So on your turn, you get two two moves of the dragon. The first one is you get to move the the dragon on a column. You know, so whatever column he's in, he's allowed to move up and down it. Um, the number of the, this, I think there's five or six tiles. It's five or six tiles long, so he can move onto any one of the five tiles that he wishes. Um, so you move him onto the tile and you keep that tile for yourself and it's worth uh, so many points it's got the points written on it, the points can go anywhere from 1 to 6 I think it is um, you get those 6 points, no problem but you still got another move to make this time when you move you move on a horizontal axis so you're moving on a roll so whatever, wherever you ended up you take that tile for yourself and then you have to move the dragon on that roll you can move him to any tile um, backwards or forwards you move them on that tile you take that tile and this tile doesn't become yours it becomes it gets given to the person on your right okay okay and then the, the game continues clockwise so uh, you give that tile to the person on your right and then the person on your left continues the game and they take their first goal uh, they move up and down whichever way they want to do and then with their, when it comes to their um, left and right move, their horizontal move, they give you the tile. And the game carries on like that. Uh, so what you're trying to do um, is you're probably trying to give away your negative, your, you know, your negative color. Because uh-huh. um, obviously um, the other thing that happens as well is if you give an opponent um, a tile that is value has a higher a value of three or higher you get a gold piece of treasure now treasure is needed because at the end of the round the game is played over three rounds and um, at the end of a round you count how many tiles are left on the grid and if there are more than five tiles left on the grid then uh, everyone has to pay a penalty of one gold piece if there are six or uh, if there are more than six pieces left, um, I, I think it's six. I can't remember, but between six and ten, you have to pay two pieces of gold. If there's more than that, you have to pay three pieces of gold. Um, and if you can't pay any pieces of gold, you're eliminated from the game immediately. Mm-hmm. Which is not cool. You don't want that to happen. No, <laughs> so, really. So what you're trying to do as well is when so going back to when I said that you get given a so you're trying to reach this balance of keeping the high score the high value tiles for yourself but at the same time giving lower higher tiles if that makes any sense you know so kind of your number threes and fours you want to give those to your opponents so you can get a gold piece just in case you need it in case we you fuck up yeah so the game is so it's kind of semi-cooperative yeah you know because you're playing against each other it's competitive because you're playing for the, the most number of points at the end but at the same time you're all trying to make sure that you clear as many tiles from the grid as you can mm-hmm. um, so that's fine at the end of the grid um, what happens is uh, you score everything up you see what's happened and then you lift the game box this, the game box is actually the grid and what happens is that the game box stacks on top of itself. So there's three levels. 
Cool. And you start at the top level, and then you go down to the next part of the dungeon. And then after the second round, you lift the box up again, and then you're you're into the the, the depths of the dungeon. Um, yeah. This was kind of the main thing that when I was looking at it on Kickstarter, and I did actually back it on Kickstarter, and then had to cancel it for money reasons. Right, like that was the reason I wanted it because it had all the pictures of it stacking these boxes on top of each other. I was oh, like, oh, it seems so cool. It looks really, really cool. Um, the dragon miniature. No need for the dragon miniature at all, but it is stunning. <laughs> it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's like the, um, the mountain in the uh, thingy, uh, Epic Spell Wars. It's yes. like completely pointless, but it looks so cool. Yeah, because it, it could have, you know, you could have done it with a coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but they, they've created this beautiful miniature. Um the game is very very simple um there's a couple of rules or i'm not going to bore you on the final scoring and how you tally up and things um but uh, yeah it's just really really cool um oh the one thing that i would say about the scoring though um one of the other cool things that it does is that at the end of the game once you you stack up your so as you're collecting these tiles what you do is you stack them up you and you stack them so that everybody can see your stacks and you stack them by color um you know so so you've got all your different piles so everyone can see they can't i see the point value of each of your tiles but they can see that maybe paul you've got um six blues five purples and three yellows Um, you know so they can see what's happening Mm -hmm. and the reason they need to see this as well is that they can influence your end of level scoring because one of the other things that happens when it comes to scoring time is you've obviously got your you know your negative point stack which um if you've got any of those tiles the points will be deducted from your final score but the first thing that happens when you start scoring is everyone pays their height their biggest stack as a tribute to the dragon at the end of the game mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> so cool. your big your biggest stack gets eliminated um so you know it stops you from hoarding all of the red tiles or you know the blue tiles or whatever tiles um but the there's a flip side to this as well so if um you know i've my biggest stack is the blue the blue ones um i lose that that's fine but for example let's say um my negative was the blue stack and i've got the you know so aha i i lose all my negative points well yeah. not so fast because if your negative stack if your negative color is your highest stack you lose that stack and your second highest stack <laughs> That's cool. um yeah um and it's a, so it's a really cool scoring system as well um very simple uh very easy to teach very easy to play um nice light game um enjoy it immensely um it is a good yeah um we need to play it before we play game of the year as well Well, Um, a bit of strategy and stuff we'll be having our game of the year board game day soon yes (laughs) Uh, but it reminds me like not really in terms of gameplay but just in terms of the kind of semi-cooperative feel of it um it reminds me of your description of how we felt about um between two cities yes where like gameplay wise they're obviously very very different games but that same idea of you know the thing you have the most of at the end is the one that doesn't matter you know mm-hmm. like because your biggest say your your most your highest scoring say doesn't matter in between two cities um yes. and 
that idea of you're working together and also against each other is is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. Um, it, it is also it's another one of those games. So we've spoke about some of these games before where we sit we play a game and you end up there's no trash talk, there's no table talk because you're just busy concentrating on what your next move's going to be. Yeah. Um, and I think it is it's another one that if we play with um, your girlfriend we're going to Kieran we're going to have to tie our hands to the table <laughs> you know because we, we played it um, this weekend and it was one of those where um, you know you're busy watching and the minute somebody finishes a move somebody else jumps in because they're just thinking about what they've you know they've seen a strategy somewhere and it's like oh what the hell are you doing it's not your turn <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it kind of reminded me of uh, when we were playing um, board games a, a little while ago and we played Splendor and I think yeah. it was Via Nebula yeah yeah oh, that was good <clears throat> I like both those games yeah uh, but yeah so you should check it out and if anyone if you're looking for a kind of lighter strategy game um, it works very well with uh, just as well as with two as it does with four players as well that's good too. um and we have played, yeah, I've played two, three, and four players, and it works just as well with all of them. Um, so sure. if anyone is contemplating picking up that game, um, it is on the lighter side, and you're worried about player count, don't be. Um, the, uh, yeah. It's one of the games I really want to play that you brought back from Essen, so. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Definitely looking forward to it. Okay, so one of the other big ones that you managed to play over the weekend that I'm insanely jealous of is Innis. Yes, yeah. So Innis, or um, if you really want to be pedantic about it, Innish. Yeah. Um, as, as yeah, Innish. Uh, so I said before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've said to you guys, it is definitely in the running from uh, my personal board game of the year. Um, I've played it a couple of times with two players, and I was really excited to play it this weekend with four players. Um, the difference with a, a with the game being four players, it's just it's more people on the board. Um, and th- have we spoken about how the game works at all on the podcast? I not too sure. Um, yeah. I think we did a bit. You yeah. have you've just spoken quite at length about it what, on the uh, yeah. first podcast back. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. So maybe just so, a light kind of quick reminder yeah, of people because not everyone listens to every single podcast. Yeah. So um, the game is uh, it's an area control game. Um, so it's played with uh, four players, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to become the 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 clan leader of as many territories as you can um, the game has a three three victory conditions the first one and easiest one of these is to be present on six different territories on the board so the way the game is played is um, there's territories that build up the map, there are these interlocking tiles and they're, they're kind of you know um, geographic shapes of. and what happens is at one point um, during each round somebody is going to reveal one of these, click it into the map, and add it to this map. So you now have another area. Um, at the beginning of the area, you'll start with the same amount of areas as you are players. So if there's three players, there's three areas. Um, so that would mean by round three, there'd be six areas. 
And if you are present on six of those areas, you can then take a token, which is, they call it the pretender to the throne token. Mm. Grab one of those and it signifies that you're ready to win the game. Um, It kind of lets people know, ah, shit, Kieran's ready to win the game. So what, what I could do in that case is I could either fight with you and chase your guys out of the areas that they're in, or I could make sure I've got six guys on, or I'm in six different areas. And then I can take a pretender to the throne. So now we're both pretenders to the throne. What then happens is that, uh, well, now there is, you've both met the, the one victory condition. Uh, there's another two victory conditions. So now we would uh, need to see if I can, you either you or I can get to the next victory condition. Yeah. That victory condition is um, you have to be in areas that have six buildings called sanctuaries in them mm-hmm. um, and if I do that and I do that before you at the end of the round so once a round is played there's a like a clean up phase and during that clean up phase you check to see if anyone has uh, you know got the victory condition if there is has he is he the only one that's got that victory condition or is there somebody that has one condition and some one, somebody has two conditions? If that's the case, then you would win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, well, then you have to play to see who gets um, the third victory condition. So you need to have all three victory conditions. Um, and if, again, if you do that before anybody else, you win the game. If there is more than one of you with uh, all three victory conditions... Then it basically it's an all-out cat fight. You're you're trying to knock somebody's players off the board, and you just need to do it for one round. And if you manage to do that, then you win the game. Um, so the game gets very combative. Um, and I think we mentioned before is uh, how you get your players on different boards, how you add buildings, how you attack, how you retreat and do all sorts of things is done by playing order cards. Hmm. And the order cards, uh, through uh, in the game, there are 17 order cards. In a four-player game, there's 17 cards. And these 17 cards get dealt, uh, dealt amongst all four players. One gets discarded, so every player gets four. And then you do a card drafting system. So you get four cards. You keep one that you want. You pass three on. You look at the three that you've got, and now you uh, you can add the one you've got. So you've got four again. Now you keep two cards, pass the two on, and then do it with a uh, keep three cards, pass the one one on, and that that becomes the other person's fourth card. Yeah. So you're you're doing card drafting as well, which means that if your strategy is just to move um, your players onto you know bits of land that haven't been um, explored yet or don't have anyone else on well that's a good strategy but you may not get the card in your turn that lets you do that yeah so you have to kind of so on your turn when a when it comes to the playing cards you can either play a card or you can pass um, with two players it's a lot of fun but it's fucking manic with four <laughs> it, it, it is just it, it was really, really good. It, it amped up, it ramped up the fun. It, I really liked the game as a two-player. I fucking adore it as a four-player. Um, Those 
Like, They're really high price. <laughs> it yeah, pretty yeah. cool dynamic where, like, with the card drafting stuff, where you kind of you're going to know roughly if you're you're going to know roughly what everyone has, or not what everyone has, but you know one of the cards that everyone has. Yes. Kind of, you're going to end up with this kind of thing of I know someone's got that, but maybe they don't. Maybe no one took it. Maybe no yes. one wants yeah. to do this, but maybe they. Don't. Yeah. So the, there are cards that, um, if they're played in the right way, they can counter certain cards. They can just kill them. Yeah. You know. So you try and do something, and somebody can, excuse me, they can play a card as a counter. So it's it's a case of you're playing on your round and you're looking, and you're waiting for the card to come out so you can do play the card that you've got. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, like you say, it's that tension when it comes your turn and you go fuck it, I need to do it, I need to do it now. There's some cards that say if this is the last action card in your hand, you can't play it, it's dead. Uh, you know, so the, there is sometimes where you have to use that card, it's now or never, and you just look to your left and there's there's somebody and they've got a big cheesy grin on their face and you go, you bastard. You know, you've been <laughs> waiting to play this card and they're doing the exact same because they knew you had the card. Um, it, it is a bit, it, it's a little bit like a, a game of poker when you're playing the cards and um, you know sometimes because it isn't poker so you know you're not you're not as guarded um, so sometimes you've this tells you can you may have made a move three moves previous that telegraphs what you're eventually going to do you know if all of a sudden you are placing citadels like mad then well, maybe you're going to attack or you're expecting an attack to come so you need to be safe or if you're playing sanctuaries you're just building all these sanctuaries you're obviously going for the second you know the second victory condition and it's, it's you play, place the final sanctuary that you need so you can claim that victory condition mm-hmm. and somebody has a card that says ignore the action of the previous card <laughs> and they've got this big bastard cheesy grin on their face as they put it down and it's like ah um so it has a little bit of a take that mechanic but it's not it's not like munchkin yeah yeah you know uh, it's not built around it no no no, it's not um i really like it i love the fact about this game is that um clashes and fighting is a big thing about it but you don't have to fight you know you you don't one of the biggest things is um, when you move into somebody's territory, you become you're the aggressor, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's it's not with, it's not in your interest to fight. Yeah. Um, because you know, um, Anne played a, a, a brilliant game on the weekend because uh, what she would do is she would go into a territory, and I knew what she was doing, but nobody would believe me. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the other two people I were playing with wouldn't believe what I was telling them. And it was like, don't listen to her. Fight with her. Give her as much hassle as you can. Because she would just put a, pe- a person in and say, oh, I don't want to fight with you. And if the aggressor doesn't want to fight with you, then that's fine. You know, you're happy with that because you're not going to have to re- uh, retreat. Um, when, the, when somebody attacks and they're the aggressor, the advantage is with them. Yeah. Um, unless yeah. there are citadels in the area, then you can protect yourself, and then it's fine. Um, but no, so Anne would come in. She go, "Oh, don't worry about me. It's just one little person. I, I have no threat. I don't want to become the chieftain. No problems." 
and then you would look at the board and she's fucking everywhere and yeah. she's sitting there with a, a pretender throne a pretender card yeah. <laughs> um so the game a lot of the game gets played about 95 percent of the game i would say gets played without the clashes becoming a thing yeah and it's only towards the end when you're looking at two and three victory conditions that it becomes an all-out massacre um and there's just so many different ways to play the uh you know to play the game within the strategies and that board oh man that board is amazing uh it looks different every time you play it the the interlocking pieces you create this living breathing map and it's just amazing yeah and do they feel better than uh the i think i asked you this last week but i've forgotten already <laughs> do they feel better than the the portal the portal yes pieces? yes they all do. of my portal pieces are wrecked yeah i i remember you saying last week so um yeah this is if you have a look at the map or you know google maps go to google maps right now and look at um the map of the uk you know that kind of island shape and you know it's all jaggedy edges uh-huh. that's what they've done with these cards and the jaggedy edges interlock so it's not just two you know uh you know two male pieces that fit into two female pieces which is on the, the portal cards uh-huh um, and those were pretty tight. You know, you had to push them and force them together. This, this doesn't do that. That's good. Um, it, it's well made. Yeah. It is, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely to play. Disappointed it. my pre-order got cancelled. Yeah, yeah, I'm disappointed. Four well, years well. On the other hand, I'm really looking forward to South. <laughs> For kind of similar reasons, because it's like a big kind of war gamey euro game thing. Yeah. More, Euro, more Euro gamey than Ennis is, but like Ennis, the kind of the battling is secondary. You know, you yeah. can win by battling, but you don't need to. <clears throat> cool. Yes. Excellent. Okay, so I think another thing that you played, I'm really interested in looking at the, the list of things you played here is the uh, perfumer. Yeah. How so. does that play? Because you, you explained slightly what it is the other week, but how yeah. does it play? More oh, how um, does it smell? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell. It doesn't have a nose. Ah, podcast <laughs> over. See you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Uh, so, um, the Perfuma is a very, very light pick up and deliver game. So. The idea is you've got the board, you've got various places on the board that you can travel to. On your turn, you've got um, five five points, five action points. So a bit, think a bit like um, Pandemic, where you've got five five th- five moves that you can do. Yeah. You know, five action points, and within those action points, you can move to various locations in the board. You can pick up ingredients that you want, and you can use those ingredients to uh, fulfill an order. So you can travel to a space, pick up the ingredient, travel to another space. If you've got all the ingredients you need, um, that space may have an order outstanding. So it's a little card and it's got symbols on it. If you've got those symbols, pay the symbols, get the victory points. Simple. Um, There are 15 special orders to be fulfilled. Once the all 50... um, Yes, there's 15 
15 special orders and then there's six already on the board if I remember correctly so there's 21 in total once the the supply stack has been once the final tile there has been placed on the board the game ends um, and that is it that that's the perfumer it's pretty simple yeah very very simple they've then taken um, a little bit of a deduction game and added it in so the second part of the game is while you're doing all this pick up and deliver stuff at the end um, you've got a little board and uh, the board is asking you to make three bottles of perfume um, one bottle of perfume has one ingredient in it the second um, bottle of perfume has three ingredients in it sorry two and the third bottle has three ingredients in it. Um, you know what those ingredients are um, because it, there's little pictures that tell you. So, you know, perfume A may be lavender. Uh, perfume B may be cinnamon and lime. And, you know, the third one is three separate ingredients. Mm. Um, you On each of uh, the spaces on the board... Uh, there's seven spaces on the board that you can travel to. Each of those is the base for one of those scents. So apart, uh, not only do they have the little chits, the little pieces that I was telling you about, where you need to pick them up and collect them, yeah. Yeah. there is also a reference smelling strip. So in one of the countries, uh, I forget which country it is, but there is the lime smelling strip. And you can, on your turn, if you finish your turn in that country, you can pick up that strip, and it's yours to keep it for one round as a reference, but there are seven other strips in the middle of the board. Now these these strips are in a it's like a little slip case, and the slip case hides the word, um, or it hides the back of the the smelling strip that tells you what um, you know what the fragrance is. Mm-hmm. So the idea is um, each of these little tri- uh, the slip cases, the seven slip cases, are a different color. Um, you have uh, eye droppers, uh, little eye droppers, or little, um, little board uh, bits of cardboard cut out as eye droppers. And the idea is you need to then figure out what smell is the blue one, what smell is the green one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And yes, so the, yeah. the, the way that you do that is um, when you land on any country, you get the reference strip that's in that country, and then you can take any one of the seven blind ones. Uh-huh. Um, and what you're basically doing is, you know, you'd smell the lime one and go, right, okay, I know what lime smells like, and smell the other one, right? That That's not lime. I don't know what that is. Or, oh, I know that. That's rose. Um, you then need to put your eye droplets next to the correct ingredient. You know, so you put the, if you think green is rose, then you put the green droplet next to the picture of the rose on your special order order board. Uh Okay. Uh, What you can do with that as well is um, people can see what you're doing. So you can bluff them. You can put them in the wrong place and you can switch them about and try and be funny and clever. That's not a problem. But what you have to do before the end of the game is you have to lock those answers in. Um, and those, to lock an answer in costs one action point. Okay. So you, what you want to do is you want to try and leave it to the very last point to lock your answers in before the final, you know, the final order comes onto the board and ends the game. Um, so 
yeah, you've got the, the simple pick up and deliver game, which is very good, very very light. Um, I've seen some reviews and I've seen some people say, look, it's not really. They consider, you know, that like we we like harder board games, and this is far too light for us, and they yeah. they don't like it. But then this, this um, sensory deduction that they've got is really really clever. There's a couple of um, so there's different scents in there, and there's two scent, three scents in there. There is um, fur, there is uh, white champak, and what was the other one? Um, Raven Raven Sara. These three scents are quite similar, um, okay. and they throw you. Uh, yeah. You know, so you pick, you pick that up and you go, oh, that's that's far. No wait, no. And then oh. you you pick up the the reference one. You go, no wait, no that isn't it. So you end up running around the board to try and pick up the sense the 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 reference one that's because pretty. of course on your turn you have to relinquish you know the two uh, the two strips you need to put the the one back in the country and the the one back in the center of the board um, and it is it's really really good a lot of fun um, so when we played the game um, the pick up and deliver I I was running away with that that score uh, I did quite well. And then I was also I seen the way the game was going, and I was able to lock in lock in my three answers before somebody ended the game. And at the end, uh, I only got one of my smell, uh, two of my smell strips incorrect. So your your orders uses six of the seven, and yeah. luckily the one of the ones that I got wrong was one that I didn't need, so that was okay, and then... Like, I uh, got it. Yeah, <laughs> and luckily the one that I got wrong was only the one uh, that needed one ingredient, and that's worth the least amount of points. That's cool. Um, yeah, it, it worked is, out well for you. Yes, it did, yeah. Uh, I think it was one of the few games that I won at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it is um, really, really good. Uh, really clever as well, the, the whole sniffing strips the strips are quite strong as well they come in a little pouch that you put them in uh you know store them after the game as well um you can get to the point where you don't really need to scratch them as uh, well it tells you not to scratch them hard to kind of let you know get them to last as long as possible but you um once you've scratched them you know if you're smelling it a second and a third time you don't need to scratch it because the, the scent is still there it's still agitated yeah, a little bit lingers there for a while. yeah That's um yeah uh so we need to get a look at that as well um but it is it's it, i'm glad i have the game I'm, I'm glad i brought it back from Mason. yeah um, it seems cool yeah it does seems cool. really cool yeah um so there was an I'm conscious of we're whittling on a little bit here. There was a couple <laughs> other board games that we played. Shall I just run through them rather quickly? What they were and yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we played uh, Troll, which is a another one of um, the Oink games that uh, we've spoken about. Oink games yes. quite a bit. We spoke about Deep Sea Adventure. We've spoken about uh, Insider, yeah. and uh, we've spoken artist. about a fake artist goes to New York. So Troll is this uh, game where you are all explorers, it plays up to five players, you're all explorers and you're going into the troll's cave to steal treasure um, 
and what you're doing is you go into the the cave and you can see the, the there's various trolls in the cave and um so on your turn what you're doing is uh if you are the first person going to into the cave there's a deck of cards and they have the trolls on them and the trolls are have various numbers they have numbers going from number th- three i think it is up until number 18 15 or 18 i forget which one it is i think it's 15 mm-hmm. and um so you turn that over and then you you know what the card is so let's say the card is the number 15 okay everyone has chips in their hands and the chips go in value from one zero to five so on your turn if you are the first player you turn the card over and you look at the card you now know that the value of the troll is 15 and you can place a bid now what you do is you place the bid face up so everyone can see what you bid so let's say you place a a three you place the 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 three face up and uh everyone it goes around the table and everyone can do the same but they have a choice they can either do the same thing as you so look at the card make their, their decision and then play a face up chip or they can gamble they can place their face their chip face down um signifying that they haven't looked at the troll card but should they be successful the value of the chip they've played is worth double okay okay um and how do you figure out if you've been successful or not so once everyone's played their chips and they're on the ground um you flip over the card and uh the card you know has it's got the value 15 on it so what you do is you turn everyone's value chips over and you rank them in uh from lowest to highest and you you total up the chips so let's say the the first chip you turn over is zero so that's fine the second chip is a number three uh the next chip after that's a number four and then the next chip after that is a five and then there's another chip with another five so three plus four is seven plus five is twelve plus five is seventeen Okay, so going up to the number twelve, all of those are safe. The chip that busts, that busts the number, so the chip that goes over fifteen, he's considered caught by the troll and he doesn't get anything. Yeah, he, he actually gets negative two points for that round. Okay. 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 Um, and what you do is you play a round is played until you have bet all your chips. Okay. So once you've played a chip. Um, it gets put up on like a grid signifying that you've played that one and either you get the points uh, or you get double the points or you get nothing or you get minus two points. It's possible to also get um, minus four points because you doubled up and you you got it wrong. So everyone plays all the chips that they can um, and then we score up and we do that three times and whoever has the most jewels wins the game very very simple it's a bidding game um fantastic sounds good yeah it does very, it's really good very simple game really good um so we need i keep saying this we need to check these games out there's too um, many games we're not gonna yeah. get check them all out i yeah. want to play katak before we actually do game of the year because what oh. that ends up being amazing i kind of only asked you to get it for me because it was adorable but what if it's really fun <laughs> It is, um, yeah, we'll need to we'll need to make a plan to get it played. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, check out um, a game called Sea of Clouds. Uh, it's a pirate-themed game from Yellow Games. So those are the guys that do the really gorgeous artwork here and on the cards, things like Yet yeah. um, Yet from last year. Um, they did the Zombie 15 game, <laughs> King of... Yeah. Um, King of Tokyo, <laughs> um, you know, so the stunning quality and the artwork is always amazing uh, on the games. Uh, it this is a set collection game and it's got a little bit of card drafting as well. So the way that this game works is I'm not going to go into the, all the mechanics, but the idea is that there are um, three stacks of treasure cards in front of you. Um, and you know so there's a position one position two and position three at the beginning of the game there's one card on each of them uh what you're doing is on your turn you pick up card number one you have a look at it and you decide whether you would like this card um there's various types of cards so there are pirate cards pirate cards help you and they give you instant money um there are uh, relics. Relics are cards that you need to collect sets of. So you need uh, one of a certain relic may be worth negative points, but five of the five of that card may be worth sixty points. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the more of them you have, the better. Um, there may be um, rum. There's rum cards. Um, again, rum cards are like set collection. The more you have, the better for you. Yeah. There are also just certain treasure cards that are just worth victory points. You know, they, they don't do any special effect. They don't do anything. They're just worth five points. That's it. Um, so you pick up a card and you have a look and you decide whether you want that card. If you want that card, you take that card and it goes into your inventory. If not, what you do is you can have a look at card number two. But what you'd have to do now is you have to take a card from the... Um, there's a deck of cards. You take the top card from the deck of cards and you put that on top of position one. Hmm. Okay, so now you've made position one quite attractive for anyone for the next person to have a look. So now you look at card number two. If you're happy with card number two, take it. If not, again, you can look at card number three, but you have to put another card on top of position two. Yeah. Um, you have a look at card three. No, you don't have to take it. If you don't have, if you're not happy with it, you put a card on top of position three, and you have to take the top card of the deck. Um, the the backs of the cards as well give you a little clue as to what they are so you know by the colour of them whether it's going to be a pirate card whether it's going to be a treasure card a relic card I think that's the three types yeah um, but you have a rough idea of what's going to be on that card you don't exactly know what but you know it could be a pirate for example um, so you take your card you put it into the inventory um, the next person that goes so when they come and they see position one has now got two cards on top of it um, they can only look at the top card so they don't know what's underneath so they have a look at the top card if that card is fine if they're happy with it they get that card plus any card that's underneath it so it's quite cool so they, they now get two cards for yeah. your one card um, and uh, during the course of the game as well you know when you're going through these piles and you're um, there can only ever be three cards on top of a pile. Um, and when it, when there's three cards on that pile, and if you don't want that, that you know, the card that you've had a look at, and you therefore you don't want that pile 
to move on to the next one, what happens is instead of putting another card on it, you put money, you put a doubloon from the bank. So it's it's a little bit like Small World, if you remember when you're picking factions in Small World. I still never played Small World. But Have you yes. not? No. Not even the apps? Not even the, the apps. Oh, wow. Okay, so Small World has a kind similar mechanic when you're picking factions in that you pick a faction and uh, if you don't like the top faction, you can take the faction underneath it. There's no problem with that. The only problem is you need to pay a coin to every faction that's above it. Hmm. So you're just making it more attractive because somebody yeah. can take that faction, but they get all the money as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, very, very cool game. Um, good set collection game, a nice little opening game, which is quite cool. Uh, the last thing that uh, we played on Saturday was I don't know if you've seen this game when we were uh, when we played games the last time. It's called Thirteen Clues. Um, no, we didn't. No, it's a, it's another Sherlock Holmes game, um, very similar to uh, Beyond Baker Street in the way that we are all trying to solve a crime. Mm. Um, in this case, what we're trying to do in this time is. Uh, we are trying to find out uh, a murderer, a murder weapon, and the location. Uh, but um, we are all working on different cases. So the way that it works, you have a little screen in front of you, and uh, in front of that screen that you cannot see are a... There this is the three cards, and on those three cards are the solution to your, your case. You know, so there's a, a person a weapon and a location now everyone else around the table up to six players can see what your solution is but they can't and they can see everyone else's but they can't see their own uh, and what happens is it's a game of deduction so on your turn you can ask questions you can ask uh, questions about the cards that everyone can see so uh, I could say to you Kieran how many how many location cards can uh, sorry the, the locations are split into indoor and outdoor weapons are split into ranged and non-ranged and people are split into men and women and there are also colours um, so uh, there are suits of colours so uh, the purple suit of cards will always contain a location a person and a weapon I still have worry for a second there you're like people are, <laughs> the people are split by man and woman and also there's colours <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I managed to save that one um, so uh, I may I may say to you Kieran how many women can you see and you can count um, all the cards that you can see on the table and um, so essentially you can see all the cards that I can see except two. There's two different. Yeah. So, for example, if I know that there's seven women on the table and there's a total of eight, and I ask you the question, you know, there's a total of eight in the game. If I say to you, how many women are on the table, and you say seven, well, then I know that my suspect is not a woman. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, you're making that deductive reasoning and you've got yeah. a little sheet of paper and you can make your notes. Um, and the first person to guess all three of their suspects wins the game. Um, they have to guess all three of them correctly at the same time. So 
you can't say oh I think it was Colonel Mustard with the wrench in the, the dining room yes. and you know the answer to that question then is yes or no Huh. Uh, you can't say ah you got two of them right or you only got one of them right yeah and it's not like um, Mysterium where you go through them one at a time where it's no, like no. you found the murder weapon move on to the location no no yeah um, so yeah that is a really good game um, it's had good. a lot of, had a lot of fun playing it um, except um, I lost my game because uh, my wife my my good wife she does say that she said the wrong um i asked her how many of a certain card she could see and she said none she swears she said one and she said i must have misheard her but the other two the other two people we were playing said she said the exact same thing (laughs) Um, and she still maintains that everyone now is wrong and she was correct Sounds like someone. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yes, a uh, really good, really fun as well. Um, so that is, I think that's it. Everything that we've played um, and every, everything we can talk about. Um, have we got much in the way of news to talk about? Um, we have a little bit. There's <coughs> a lot of news here. There, there is, but we don't have to go over over everything because it's not all major news. Um, I'm actually just I'm I'm not gonna go into depth, but I'm gonna say the first thing because it's gonna make you laugh. Genital jousting is a game on Steam. I saw a trailer for this. It's I, I it's a game in this house. We do it every night. <laughs> <laughs> that's more information I needed to know. Yeah, that's about more your information you need to announce on the internet. Jeez. Yeah, I'm glad your marriage is successful, but come on, man. Um, yeah, right, I watched so what, it's what like a local multi- It's like a local multiplayer game where your penises, your penises with butts. Yeah. And you're trying to stick your penis into other penises' butts. I think the uh, I think the correct phrase is you're a dick butt. You're a dick butt. Yeah. It looks dumb. I bet it's probably quite fun. It looks. <laughs> I just seen this and I was like, I have to fling it in there yeah. somewhere to talk I mean, about it. it. Like it looks well made, you know. Like it's right. like a decent quality game. It's not like some shitty thing that someone's put on early access. It's it looks like a kind of solid multiplayer, local multiplayer thing, but it's also penises. So <laughs> yeah, penises with butts. Yeah, yeah. So it has a limited value, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the next big thing, and I know this will probably upset. Kieran, I don't know about upset Kieran, but it kind of bummed me out a little bit when I read it earlier on, is that Persona Five is now being delayed until the fourth of April next year. Which is bullshit because it's out in Japan. I was gonna say, isn't the that game? Yeah, no, no, the game is finished. The, the game has been done. done for like a month. Or it's been out for like a month in Japan, and they're like, "Ah, we have to delay it." It's like, "Come on, guys, really?" <sighs> but yeah. I guess part of it's probably stuff like they're probably not finished localizing it, and there's the uh, voice actor strike going on just now. So I can imagine that would help delay the localization in some degree. Yeah, it is the localization that's causing the issue. Yeah. Um, if you read deeper into the story, just thought that would be a little bit uh, 
bumming out. To... Yeah, so it was meant to be coming February 14th, now April 4th. Yeah, uh, it's not that much of a delay, but it's still a bit annoying. Yeah. Um, I'd say the other big thing here is the leak about the Nintendo Switch price. Yes. So I this came this. from uh, I forget I've not got the article open, but it, it came from the same woman who's been leaking everything accurately so far. Like yep. she leaked the she leaked that Nintendo was going to have a you know reveal event a day before it was announced. She leaked all of the stuff about the. Um, the controllers being able to come off, uh, detach from the screen, and you dock it all in and stuff like that. All that, like, you know, so she's pretty reliable. Um, yeah. Her sources are pretty reliable. Um, she says that game in the UK in particular, and so that's where these leaks are coming from, um, are going to be uh, selling the Nintendo Switch. There'll be two tiers of it there'll be a premium version and a regular version. The regular version will be £200. And the premium version would be two hundred forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, uh, and the premium version comes with uh, more memory and also a game included in the premium pack. Yeah, which that was expanded on as well in another leak, which we don't have a link to here, but um, another leak suggested... I don't think it was from the same person, I think it was someone else leaked, but uh, they suggested it will be a, an updated version of Splatoon will be the pack and title for it. I could happily deal with that. Which is a, a fucking great choice for a pack and title. Splatoon sold amazingly on the Wii U. Yes. <laughs> like the, I, I might look it up again actually, but Splatoon's uh, attach rate was like, it was something like 40% of Wii U owners owned a copy of Splatoon or something like that. Because yeah. there's so few yeah. Wii U owners, and almost every one of them bought Splatoon, apparently. Which yeah. is amazing. Um, and worth it, because it's a fantastic game. Uh, so, yeah. I hope that's stuff true. Uh, the other thing was apparently Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild will not be making the uh, March release date for the Nintendo Switch. No. Or the Wii U. They'll both be delayed out of March. And yes. that the new Mario game will be a proper 3D Mario game and will be coming at launch. But yeah. again, these are all rumours. Um, I think the yeah. price stuff is the stuff that's easiest to believe because that seems quite reasonable for the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for those of us uh, not in the UK who are listening, there was also a leak. Uh, Toys R Us Canada actually put the Switch on their website <laughs> and had it listed at 330 Canadian dollars. It was quickly taken down but not before it was screenshotted and put everywhere on the internet. And that's a kind of similar Um, price range. Yeah, so $330 Canadian dollars, and that works out at somewhere roughly about 250 US conversion rate and 195 in the UK, which, you know, kind of makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, I bet that it'll be $250 for the premium one in the US, or like slightly more. But like the US tends to get better deals on these things than this. Yes. Um, but yeah, I it makes sense. One of the first leaks about the the Nintendo Switch back when it was still the NX was that it would be surprisingly cheap. Like yeah. it would be cheaper than people predicted, and two hundred pounds is that. It is cheaper My... than expected. Two fifty yeah. is what I expected the base unit would be. I mean, at that price, are we all agreed we'll probably be picking one up? Uh, I'm going to pre-order the premium one the moment 
the pre-orders go up because those things are going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm definitely getting one and that's not like me to say that about a Nintendo console but at that price you can't say no man. Especially if the packing thing is Splatoon because I will buy a new Splatoon machine. Fine. <laughs> it's like if, if, there's, if there's going to be players on Splatoon again I will buy Splatoon again. <laughs> You will buy Splatoon and then play it on the bus to work. Well, I mean, the buses here do have Wi-Fi, but it's not very good Wi-Fi. And they throttle after you use, like, 50 megs of data or something stupidly low. So, uh, okay. I don't think I could play Splatoon. <laughs> tether it to my phone. <laughs> Why true. Not? Very true. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which I, I know Kieran already knows about, and he says it's not that uncommon anymore, but uh, GameStop in the US are getting a collector's edition of Resident Evil 7 that is $99, and it, actually it's not GameStop in the US, it's GameStop Worldwide, but the collector's edition is exclusive to GameStop Worldwide. It's priced at $99, €99, Euros, uh, blah, blah, blah. 99 across boards this collector's edition actually comes without the game yeah just absolutely like no so there was I, mean, I want to say the Mirror's Edge Catalyst collector's edition earlier this year did the same thing alright uh, and there was another big one as well that I can't remember um, but there's definitely a few this year and last year like it's been a growing thing of have this big expensive edition of the game that doesn't actually include a copy of the game which is yeah. bizarre yeah. Yeah. that's really bizarre but I also kind of get it as we're kind of moving towards you know something like 40% of game sales are digital now it kind of makes sense to sell that you know physical collector stuff for people that want it without the disc because for example I really like Overwatch and kind of regret not getting the collector's edition stuff of Overwatch but I also would not play Overwatch as much as I have if it wasn't digital uh-huh. because multiplayer games in general I like having digital like so that if you know you come online and I want to play Star Wars Battlefront because Mike's like hey let's play Death Star DLC I'll be like yeah I'll do that but if I have to get off across the room and switch discs, I'm gonna fucking continue playing Mafia Three. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, like having multiplayer games digital is kind of thing I've done pretty much all this generation. I only have a couple of multiplayer games that aren't digital, but also I really like some of them and would like the collector editions of them. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to some degree to sell that stuff separately because I don't want a disc of the game. Yeah, but I might True. want the fancy statue. Fair enough. Um, it, I just if I'm buying a collector's edition and I'm paying like you know out of the ass for something nice and fancy and shiny and I'm quite okay with paying it, I want a copy of the damn game in there. I don't want to go and have to pay another forty, fifty pounds for the game. Uh, yeah. Call me old. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> I can understand it, um, but I think it's something we're going to see more going forward because of the digital stuff. Well, consider me old and grouchy about it. My discussion I would say people should, or, you know, publishers should look into would be <clears throat> make separate bundles. Like, they don't necessarily even have to be, you know, 
included in the box, but you know, have the collector's edition stuff and sell it with a download code. Or sell it with a disc if you want the disc, but like it it's not that hard to bundle those things together. I think game I think that's what game did for the Mirror's Edge stuff this year was Mirror's Edge Catalyst came out and the bundle or you could buy either just the collector edition stuff or a bundle that had the collector edition stuff and the game because people would want the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, what's uh, what's next on the the news agenda? Um, Telltale's making a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen this. It, are we are we even excited about Telltale games anymore? I put a sad face next to it for a reason in our Google Doc. Yeah. I don't need more Telltale games. And I no. would have liked a good Guardians of the Galaxy game instead. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. would have. They should have given that to like. Well, Obsidian. I play yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy like action RPG. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I would play that. Yeah. Mass Effect, but Guardians of the Galaxy. Give it to Bioware. Oh damn! What? That I would... mean, like EA already has all the Disney licenses like tied up. Like I don't know how they didn't get this one. They have all the Star Wars shit. Yeah, that would have been a great idea. Mass Effect, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Nice of the Old Republic. Guardians of the Galaxy. Imagine running around the running around the universe as Groot. All the dia- big dialogue trees as Groot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, they haven't actually said anything about it. They said it's coming. Yeah. 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 Um. The other kind of thing I want to talk about, it's not major and it won't take too long, is the world of uh, World of Tanks, World of Warplanes, etc. Dev, um, can't remember what they're called now. Uh, they are actually, yeah, Wargaming. Um, they have created the Wargaming Alliance, which is a new publishing arm to help other developers uh, publish free-to-play games in the same kind of format that they have. Their first team up through that is with Sega and Creative Assembly to create eight Total War Arena, which is going to be a free online, uh, free play online Total War game. It's weird. Be yeah. interesting to see how it turns out, though. I mean, Total War Arena has been in beta testing for a long time. Apparently, it's quite good. But I mean, the fact that they're doing a publishing thing, which is fine, that makes sense. But they're doing a publishing thing and they're working with Sega, another big publisher. Like, it's not really a good kind of first example of being like, oh, we want to help people out, to, we want to help you know, smaller publishers, uh, smaller developers out, you know, with marketing, community, that kind of stuff, customer support. And it's like, our first, <laughs> our first publisher we work with is Sega. Yeah. Like, I mean, Sega aren't very big anymore, but also Sega literally just bought Atlas, like, a few months ago. Like, they're still big. Yeah. Like, Persona 5 is coming out soon, is going to sell gangbusters, and that is Sega money now. Yeah. You know? So it's bizarre, but... <laughs> that is Sega's money now. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> it's Sega money. And also, like, uh, and it's a weird thing where... Sega has actually become like one of my favorite publishers again over the past few years. Like, 
the stuff they've published on PC with the Total War games in particular is amazing. Yeah. Like they're you know, they're doing great stuff. They're kind of you know, clawing back the name they lost after games went three D and they uh-huh. failed to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I want to talk about. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Uh, <laughs> that Super Mario Run game is coming out. Yeah. December 15th on iOS. It's probably going to be can, quite good. You can mm. sign up for notifications now. It's going to be £8. It's quite expensive what? for a phone game. Why, why do I need to sign up for notifications when you've given me the release date? Yeah, I don't know. That is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I bet it's going to be really good because it's a Nintendo game and it's Mario and it's their first big phone game so they kind of want to but is it an endless runner because no it's got levels oh it's level oh. based I, I will assume there will be an endless mode in there somewhere but it's level based yeah, yeah. but still the whole I, I just don't like the whole runner genre I just don't at all I don't uh... I think there's been good runners um nah never been into them not at all Jetpack Joyride. No, I actually have just games like that annoy me. They just uh, do. Uh, so Sonic not... Runners was really good, and then I went to play Sonic Runners recently, and apparently they shut it down, so you just can't play it anymore. Nice. That's good. That game was really good. good. Shut. Continue to shut the rest of the runner genre down. Make me happy. <laughs> uh, there's no cool. Android release date announced yet. No, because there won't be for a good while. Apple will have them tied into some weird deal. Yeah. Aye, yeah. Disappointing. This is the uh, bit that I forgot about uh, being on iOS for the past couple of years. Is it back on the Android side? You have to fucking wait for your games. Yep. Yeah, and I, that's kind of one of the reasons I probably wouldn't switch back. I also don't play mobile games very much. I, I don't really I, care. I've played more and more of them since I got my iPhone, uh, and it's that is made one of the major reasons I don't switch now is because I've paid for a lot of iPhones games that are really good and I really enjoy. Um, also, you don't get humble bundles. I think that balances out for me as where yeah, you don't, I, get, you don't get games as frequent, you know, as uh, on time with Android, but you could buy a bunch of them for three quid, which I'm about current... to do now because I haven't bought the current one. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. currently a humble bundle that's all digital board games. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah. an amazing bundle. Yeah. I was waiting to see what they added to it, and they added Small World too. So I guess I'm gonna buy it. Oh, all right. <laughs> I don't have an Android device to be able to play any of those, and it really makes me sad. I might get an Android tablet just for that kind of thing. Yeah, you may as well just pick up. It's, it's, well, it's two pounds forty-one to unlock it. Or sorry, four pounds two pence to unlock everything. Yeah, and I might actually just treat myself to an Android tablet. For yeah. playing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, my tablet, or uh, I use my Kindle, and unfortunately, the Kindle doesn't. Um, no, you can save that stuff. Oh, can you? Yeah. Ah, I need so to have a look at how to do that. Yeah, the current bundle. Um, uh, I'm going to mention it here, even though it'll be done by the time the podcast goes up. Uh, it's Carcassonne, Scotland Yard. Splendor, Catan, The Amazing Labyrinth, Take It Easy, Small World 2, Ingenious the Board Game, Ticket to Ride, San Juan, and Galaxy Trucker. Yes. 
I want it just for Galaxy Trucker. Yeah, I kind of want it for Galaxy Trucker in Small Worlds. Yeah. Uh, and actually also Splendor, because I don't have Splendor on... I bought it on Oh, iOS. really? Yeah, I've, I've got two versions of Splendor. I've got one for the Kindle and one for the, the iOS. Yeah, I've not bought it for Android yet. So ah. Yeah. Pick up. Yeah. Have, um, I was waiting to see, actually, because I was going to... I wanted to see if Paperback was on it as well, and it's not, so I just bought Paperback. Ah. Yeah. Ah. I, yeah, the, the whole thing with the, the Amazon Marketplace, all of these games are actually on the Amazon Marketplace. Mm-hmm. So that you know, there should be some way that you know when you buy them here, you can you get them on well, the, the marketplace. But... Well, when you buy them here, even with the non-Amazon devices, it doesn't go to your. Uh, it doesn't go to your like Google account. They're just uh, oh. they're DRM-free downloads, so you can sideload. Oh them. right. Uh, there's a humble yeah. bundle app that you can download that will download the games through that. Oh, okay. So it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on to new releases? The ones yeah. that are more new? That's probably a smart idea. Yeah. Um, new releases. Uh, there is nothing of consequence apart from the Tuesday. I, I think it's either Tuesday or Wednesday, the 23rd of November. Wednesday. Wednesday, the no, no, 23rd. Tuesday, Tuesday, oh. Tuesday, 22nd. We sing. We talking about Ah, uh, we sing. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, Tuesday twenty third, or sorry, Wednesday twenty third of November. Uh, Pokemon Sun and the Moon. Slightly annoying me because the rest of the world is getting it tomorrow, which is Friday the eighteenth. All oh, right, okay. Steins Gate Zero is coming out November twenty fifth. I don't really know what that is, but I know that people really like Steins Gate. So yeah. rugby, rugby union team manager. No one likes rugby. <laughs> um, yeah, there is. There's not much there. No. Um, I'm looking at the release list, and what I am seeing is that uh, Final Fantasy 15 is still scheduled for November 29th. Yep. Yep. I thought it was delayed again. Uh, no. No. I don't think so. All right. No, no. I think it was delayed to the 29th. It was, ah. it was supposed to be earlier in November, I think. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have. A, I ended up breaking and pre-ordering that. Oh, see. I don't know whether to cancel my steep pre-order and pick up Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, uh, maybe. When's steep coming out? Uh, December. December, the first week of December, I think. Yeah, is it the fifth? I think it is or something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about us doing our game of the year stuff slightly earlier this year is we're going to have to rush through Final Fantasy 15. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm still only six hours into World of Final Fantasy. Yeah, I need to pick that up as well. I need the yeah. Last Guardians out soon as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I never, I, I never told uh, either you or the podcast we we're talking about. You know, spending money frivolously on board games and thing, uh, on video games and things. I bought a World of Final Fantasy. I got it on disc for the PlayStation Four. And then the week after that, I was uh, visiting my parents and. I caved and bought the version on the Vita as well. That's great. (laughs) And I've not played it since. (laughs) That's the way these stories always end. Yes, yeah. It's like you bought with the best intentions and then it's it's like yeah, um, you know, and the, the, the wife will say, what are you doing? I'm buying this so I can play it and then she'll say 
How was it? How did you get on with it? Oh, I fine. It loaded fine. I, dabbled, I downloaded it, no problem. Oh, that's good. <laughs> she never goes any further <laughs> into. <laughs> no. How how was the gameplay? Um. Well, you see. It downloaded fast. Uh, I think on that note I think uh, we need to thank everyone for listening to our drivel Um, and uh, if you want to send us an email uh, complaints comments compliments uh, free money um, if you're a Nigerian prince and you need our help you can send an email to Paul where can he send his email to that Nigerian prince can send the email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com <laughs> excellent if he wants to send us a tweet he can hit us up on twitter at glitchfreegame and if he wants to find us on facebook Kieran what does he do surf glitchfreegaming or it's probably facebook.com forward slash glitchfreegaming as well but yes yeah, yes, facebook's weird <laughs> yeah so um that is it anything else to add before we finish no not at all um just I uh yeah nothing that's it cool excellent board games we done board games bye 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 all the games